my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Star Wars. <laughs> or, no, Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, the other one. And uh, Hunter is away on vacation, I believe, for his anniversary. We're hoping you're having a great time uh, in, I believe you're around Indianapolis right now, Hunter? Or, yeah. Uh, so he's, hope Hunter's having a great time. He's dusting off the hot deals. Oh, my God. Store. If you guys haven't been to the Facebook group, Hunter did a live broadcast from, I think it was a Half Price Books or some store like that that had all these classic boxed um, PC games. Dude, I and can smell the dust. That was awesome. a blast. I'm gonna. I want to do that. I want to go. Uh, I want to go find some uh, some thrift stores and do some live broadcasts. Like you know, fi- see what I can find. That's fun. I love thrifting. I I was so jealous of him. He found some good. He found like Myth Two for two dollars. Like that's crazy. And like Elder Scrolls Battlespire, which is rare. Um, so he found. It's not really cool. rare. It's on GOG. Well, no, the disc version is like if you want the printed manual, it's like hundred dollars. I'm not even kidding because I've been looking for one. You know what's going to be the next barrier is huh. um, we can emulate these games and we can get them running on newer OSs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then people are going to be like, "I don't have a CD-ROM drive." <laughs> this is why I will most always machines don't. This is why I will always have one because I still have so many CD games. Um, but since Hunter is away, uh, filling in for him in the third chair is our friend Eric, better known as Spaz. Hello. Uh, thank you for joining us, kind of last minute. I wasn't even thinking of anyone filling in for Hunter, because I don't think anyone really can fill in for Hunter. But, well, you know, it is nice to have a third voice. So, you know, thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us. Sure thing. So, folks, um, we're doing a show, a, a game-specific show tonight. Now, usually when we do these uh, game-specific, like these classic game-specific shows, usually I'm like, we should do a game we like. Well, this time I'm like, you know what? Let's round out the hundreds, because this is show 199, with a game I hate. And there are a few games I hate more than Star Trek Starfleet Academy by Interplay from 1997. Now, um... If you've never played this game before, let's just say it is it 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 kind of inhabits a lot of the worst things of the '90s in one game. You got your full motion video, you got your and your your badly acted full motion. I mean, you, oh my god, the full motion video in this game is horrendous. It is it is so bad. Um, it was it was not good. No, and even even with William Shatner and and George Takei, Takai, excuse me, and and uh, who else was in there? Was it Walter Koenig? Yeah, As Chekhov. I think he was in there too. Uh, even with the three of them, everybody else in this, all the other like cadets and oh, just if you're one of those actors who was in this and you're listening, I'm sorry, you were terrible in this. You were you were just uh, j- just awful. You know, it was a total flip, like let's phone it in. This isn't real. Oh, this God, is, this is a computer game. Yeah, we're just here for the afternoon. You know, it, because it wasn't like what it. Okay, like <laughs> probably William Shatner had seen Night Trap and was like, oh God. <laughs> but I mean, oh yeah, we had some good. Okay, the Wing Commander games were pretty much the best in class in terms of full motion video uh, games. I still think uh, Wing Commander three and four, but. Yeah, there were so many like 
you had Night Trap. You had what was it, the Horde with Kirk Cameron. You had uh, Space Pirates, and you had all these just shit. Uh, fan, the Phantasmagoria games, just all these garbage full seventh motion videos. Yeah, Seventh Guest and Eleventh Hour. All, which, everything on CDI. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Game. Oh God! CDI. Oh God! Did you ever see the Zelda game that was on CDI? There what? was two actually. Yeah, there's Legend of Zelda on CDI. What? Oh, oh God, it was so bad. Oh, like puke. No, absolutely terrible. Like make you ill to your stomach to see it. Like the 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 animation. It it was it was like um oh who who was it that did the Hobbit and and such back in the day? Right, Rob with Bakshi. all the folk Bakshi, music. Yeah, the Bakshi Bak- films. Yeah, yeah. This looks like Bakshi was drunk and drew this game. <laughs> <laughs> it was what? just like it was just like let's fuck this up entirely. Like pass me, hold my beer, <laughs> give me, give me my pencil. I'm ready to go. Oh He's my not god, kidding. Bad. Oh god, I'm I'm sure that that the development of this game commenced with a phrase like "hold my beer." I got this. Really? Oh. Now this version of Starfleet Academy kind of bounced off of what was done on the SNES and Genesis version. Yeah, which is – it's not even SNES. It's 32X. It's not even Genesis. It's like – wasn't the 32X an add-on to the Genesis? Yeah, it was. And and I actually have my uh, Sega CD 32X as well as the standard Genesis with the 32X add-on. You just plug the damn thing into the cartridge slot and then there you go. So right. Brian, I put it yeah. in the stream chat. Oh God, I can I don't even have to watch that. I can just see from the still how that's a Zelda thing. Oh yeah. Just, just, just click play. Give it ten seconds of your life. You no more, because you can't afford any more of this. Gee, it sure is boring around here. My boy, this piece is what all true warriors strive for. Community theater acting, ladies and gentlemen. That was so bad. At best. That was so bad. Yes. Oh, God. Yes, it was bad. It, it includes then, the line, I'm so hungry I could eat an Octorok. You know what? There's 10. I couldn't even take 10 seconds of it. That was only seven. And there's 18 minutes of that? Of, mm-hmm. of, of That's of, all the of, cutscenes in the game. So in, in between these lovely bookends is the actual gameplay, which is like the world's shittiest side-scrolling uh, platforming thing. Ooh, bad. So apparently, it's, it's, it's I would, I would those, rather it's one of those play. Games that makes you want to throw the controller because it's Ugh. like I've been on this one screen for five hours Ugh. and I get killed by the you know it's because it's like timing jumps in the dark with the oh man bad but not as bad as Star Trek. So uh, I didn't I didn't really realize this until recently because uh, I was looking for. Um, some stuff on eBay, but I did not know there was a Starfleet Academy that we were just talking about on the SNES and the Sega 32. And apparently that game wasn't bad. Like I've never played it cause I didn't have those consoles at the time, but Spaz, you were talking about it and, and Jim, you showed me a video and it looked actually fun. Yeah. The SNES version was out in 94 and the PC version basically took, much of the same aspects and then ruined it from what I can see. Which is kind of amazing because I looked at, I was looking up the uh, info for the two games and the teams are completely different. 
Uh, like I don't think there are any crossover from anyone who made the uh, the uh, console version to the uh, Interplay, the PC version, and uh, which is interesting because I mean, if you have a good game, like it looked like that's what you had with the SNES version that you showed me, which actually looked really solid, especially with a console controller. It looked like it had a good interface and it looked like the gameplay was pretty good. Why would you? Yeah, it, it yeah sorry. Wasn't too arcadey. It, yeah. it, it wasn't. It had much of the same story actually carried over. I, in fact, a couple of the bridge officers were just ported right over, names and all. Uh, but I, I don't know where it went wrong with development. I, I just – I'm surprised. I, I don't I, – I tried to find more information about this game. I couldn't find much. I mean I couldn't really find any like interviews or anything. Uh, but uh, I, I'm wondering if it was like – conceived when FMV was a big deal and then eventually when it was finally released that it was out of it was well out of favor by then you know cuz the FMV is awful but um oh it's awful it's it's awful but what really i th- there are many things that ruined start the the 1997 uh Starfleet Academy game and one of the reasons i wanted to use this game is kind of a springboard to talk about um uh, what a lot of Star Trek gaming gets wrong, and it's interesting because uh, what a lot of Star Trek gaming gets wrong is embodied in this one game. I feel um, we we're talking about this before the show, but like one of the one of the big failings of this game, besides clearly the full motion video, is that they borrowed the flight command. They've borrowed the flight model from basically Wing Commander. Jim, you basically said Wing Commander is flying a desk in space. Your words, mm-hmm. which I totally agree with, and. Um, that's this flight model for Starfleet Academy, basically. is just like – It is absolutely a Starfighter game. It is. And it's like – it's funny how like you fly an Oberth, a Miranda, or a Constitution. They all fly the same. Like there is no like real – Like different? Like the number of guns? Number of a, guns and like maybe how much shielding you have. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, it. like yes. like that's really it. You know, I mean, like, they're all basically the same thing. And it, it's awful. It, it's truly just awful. I played, uh, like, the I played this one mission you're watching. Like, this game is so bad, OBS didn't want anything to do with it. Like, it would not record it at all, no matter what I did. I had to use that other, pro- that action program to, to do it. Um, and even then, that was reluctantly. Because I'm like, I have to play this again to record it? <laughs> but it's just it's just such a pisser because it's like I should be flying the, I should be this big naval the space naval like battle cruiser this like this should not turn on a dime yeah but, but I will say this though for the era that it was because I think about it like Wing Commander 3 came out about the same time right no so, no Wing Commander 3 no? came out in 94 and then Wing Commander this is what, 97? Yeah, this came out after two Wing Commander get. This this came out a oh, year okay. after Wing Commander 4. So, so uh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty pretty yeah, rough, they, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, the graphics were pretty okay. Yeah, the graphics the aren't they bad and no, the graphics aren't bad and um but had they, had they slowed the game down to about a quarter speed, it yeah. would have felt right. 
And and that's where Klingon Academy, I feel, gets so much right because not only do the ga- the ships feel like these big behemoths, but the ships feel different depending on which one you're flying. Which is, I mean, we, let's let's be honest. Klingon Academy got yep. pretty much just about everything right that this game got wrong. Well, yes, but, but? I think Klingon Academy, yeah, Klingon Academy kind of lost a lot of audience in being so super complicated because it's the difference between I'm flying Wing Commander. And then you step into Falcon Four, yeah, right, and it's like, Which oh I my liked. god, all these, yeah. Well, for us, yes, but e- even for me back yeah. in the day, it was just like, I don't want to deal with all this. Oh. I just want to figure out how to fly this ship around. See, I was looking at the game on GOG today, and some one review said this was the first Starship Simulator, and I bristled. <laughs> I I wish I could reply to that review because I, I want they to were s- trolling you. They must have been because. I mean, okay, I guess if you've never played Rules of Engagement or you've never played um, oh, I War, which came out a year after this, if you've never played like a more serious Starfire, like Capital Ship Sim, maybe this would be great, you know? But if this is, if, if you've played other games before this one, yeah, total pile of garbage. And, and it's just, I, I don't. Wasted under- potential. It is, and that is one thing we are going to talk about um, with Star Trek gaming. Now, how many missions are in this game? Jim, you played it to completion. So, cause you I believe had... there are 22. Oh, God. Really? I think so. Oh. And it's infuriating because you can lose the missions on a dime. Like, you can do one tiny little thing and lose the mission. It is, it is, it is like, oh, look, I moved a little bit and blew up. Oh, Okay, <laughs> I guess I have to do that again. It's like it's so unforgiving, too. Really, like this. Oh game, my god! What I was right. There's 22 what? missions. Wow! So you weren't pulling that from somewhere. You you based that on memory. Wow! Well done. But you yeah, played it's like it's like how you remember your time in the in the death camp. Right, in the yeah. joint, yeah. Uh, how, wait, so you review? Who did you review this for back in the day? Uh, Gamespot. It was um, oh. it was like a reader review kind of oh, thing. Okay. They, they used to let you write like long form. Oh and right, yeah. I threw well, I threw a good thousand words at it. And uh, my big point in there though was that I, I was like, capital ships should should probably dance uh, like a ballet with each other. Mm-hmm. versus turning and burning like starfighters. And that, that's kind of where this lost me. So uh, Steve Bauman over at Computer Game Strategy Plus read it and uh, sent me an email and was like, you should seek fame and fortune writing for the big leagues because, you know, whatever. So do you want, do you want a job? And I was like, yeah, sure. And my life collapsed after that. It's all It's been all down. <laughs> well, also a lot of the gaming uh, press collapsed. <laughs> few years after that um especially also print stuff fault. uh that's no, not <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this game also had an expansion uh which added more for some reason like why would you yeah it was, it was starfleet Chek- command to you more of that no it was it was Chekhov's missions it added like seven missions and did you get to play the multiplayer of this uh no but okay. I, I played a lot of the the like 
the skirmishes generated things the yeah skir- the skirmishy things which yeah. i assume the multiplayer would have been but just against another person yeah i believe that's how, i believe that's how it works and apparently the multiplayer like- in this was the very definition of like we need that bullet point on the box so <laughs> yeah if there like if there's one way i think where klingon academy especially failed it is the multiplayer um and it sounds like this isn't much different it's just based on like some randomy scriptedy yeah, well, bullshit. Klingon Academy's multiplayer, it's it's just like, it's boring. It's so boring. It's just like, here's here's me and there's you and let's kill each other. Someone oh, told me, someone told me Klingon Academy needs eight players at least, or six or eight players in multiplayer. It needs really better be objectives or something. That it too. Needs, it needs something other than just like mutual annihilation. Well, yeah, because... The thing. The the story missions are so creative. You have stealth, and you have infiltration, and you have you know, you have a a very yeah, very. But it's hard to like do a stealth thing against another player who knows that you're there, right? Because they're just going to run around looking for you. Yeah, but, but then they is, they could have implemented like you know stealth detection and whatnot better. You know, I yeah. I, I don't know. Um. Oh, the internet's crapping again. It's too. Must be Tuesday. Sorry, folks. Sorry, oh. folks on the stream. We're uh, we're getting some crappy dropped frames again. Always on Tuesdays. Always on fucking. We're experiencing Tuesdays. technical buffalo. A- a- apparently, whenever like it's it's Steam. It's it's Steam resetting the internet or something. Uh, on, yeah. on on Tuesday. Yeah, when Tuesday is always when they work on Tues- the back. Tuesdays when I get my Origin games out. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> As much as I love Titanfall 2, yeah, Origin. Oh, my God. I was running – apparently, I tried to use the overlay on Titanfall 2, and it wouldn't work. Apparently, I was running like a four-year-old version of Origin that just didn't bother updating itself. Oh, I could still nice. I could still run Titanfall 2. That was fine. But, like, the client, like, just hadn't even bothered updating itself, and it was so out of date. That's kind of amazing. Good job, EA. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty great, EA. Well done. Classy, stick classy. Uh, well, well, freaking done. It's unlike it's unlike Steam, where it's like every other day we have an update. We need to restart. Come on, yeah. yeah but I got a I got a better idea. So what we need to do is, uh, I don't know. Let, let's get another game service, like because we got Steam, hey. and that's eh, and then we got GOG, which that's eh, a bunch of old games. So then we got Origin, that's got like the cool new broken games. And uh, I was thinking, well, what Ooh, if we could just what yep. if we could? Oh yeah, an Uplay. Uplay. So, and, which uh, people uh, don't buy good games because it requires Uplay. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, I'd love that game, but I'm not going to buy it. I would I love to play the crew, and they're giving it away for free. But fuck Uplay. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm not that guy though. I, oh, I, I know. It's transparent to me. It's just like whatever. It's just DRM. But now we got something. Twitch. Now we're gonna have a Twitch. I know, that, that's platform. where I'm going, right? Yeah, it's we're like, gonna have Oh Twitch. my god! Yay! Twitch is here to save Woo-hoo! us. Yay, Twitch! And, and and you have to redeem the game through their platform, and you have Yay! to launch it from their launcher, and it's beautiful. Oh my god! I couldn't come up with a better thing myself. Wait, have you it's used terrible. it? Have you? Oh, I was no, I'll saying. never use it. Okay, I, yeah. I'm, I am that guy. I will, dude. You could you could have like the the Jesus himself of video games come out and it's like available exclusively on Twitch. Too bad I'll never play it because no. Yeah, I I kind of feel that the same way. Like it's, it, it reminds yeah. me of like back when we had instant messengers, right? It was <laughs> like, do you have 
AOL. No, I'm on ICQ, man. ICQ I'm on ICQ, or man. whatever. I don't use it's AOL. like I'm where my friends are. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's the same deal with like consoles, right? It's like Xbox or PlayStation. It's like what do my friends have? You know That's what? what I AC got. Wraith. I I you bring up HIO. I actually love HIO because of how flexible they are. Like you can get their games through their website and download through their website, or they do have a client, but you don't have to use it. It's the same as GOG, really. And um, I've never downloaded the HIO client. You can find some great stuff on HIO, by the way. There's some really great stuff on there. And, and uh, yeah, there are a lot of games you, can, you don't even have to pay for. It's pay what you want. You can really get them for free. I really, I think... I kind of feel like a lot of developers, like especially after Steam, is like, we're going to make curators better and we're going to try to make your game. We're going to get rid of Greenlight and have Direct. Like someone on Twitter said, Steam basically just said, put your game on itch.io, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so I'm well, wondering if that's where a lot of indies are going to start going to. Well, know? I think, you know, uh, they're, they're going to work basically to get this asset flip junk off the store. Thank so they're going to put a little bit of a price barrier to entry. Right. And then it's also going to be like they're going to actually give curators some power. And so I anticipate nobody has said this yet, but I Mm -hmm. anticipate that they will start offering curators a percentage of sales. Like Mm. if you go there and buy it from the Space Game Junkie channel, we might get 3% or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? You know why that defeats the shit out of those little like bullshit 99 cent games is because no one's going to curate percent no of 99 gonna, yeah, cents. No one's going to curate that. And, yeah. Nobody's right. going to, nobody's going to put forth the effort. So and also, sorry, good. Yeah. The promotion is going to happen, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, steam's looking at this Twitch thing and it's like the Twitch thing is like a joke, but it's not because if that's where people are making their purchase decision, then they want to be as close to the purchase decision as possible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, and uh, honestly, if if you could buy shit through the Twitch thing and then redeem it like a humble key on the Steam store, beautiful. I would do it, but because I have to run their client and I, and it doesn't interact with anybody uh, else's thing, uh, I don't trust it. Like, do I trust Twitch to give a shit about my game library in a no. couple of years? No. No. So. No. And and it's Amazon at this point. So why don't you just like call it Amazon's game portal? <laughs> now I think the curious thing you just mentioned would be the the answer to the question: Why doesn't Steam offer any kind of affiliate program? Like a lot of portals, like GOG, for example, yeah. have an affiliate program, and a lot of people wonder why Steam doesn't. This could be the answer to why Steam I doesn't have an affiliate program. They're overdue program. for it. Honestly. They they are they totally yeah, are. I could see it working. Yeah, yeah, they totally are, and so that would be a great way to fill in that uh, fill in that gap. And it, yeah, and it would also help with the whole like YouTube trying to self destruct because it's like mm. we're gonna we're gonna kick all the gamers off of YouTube. Yeah, that's a good idea. Great um, idea because YouTube by, gaming you is know. doing so well already. Exactly. I, I love YouTube. So, I love YouTube gaming. I use it, but. It it they're, they're they're not getting the traction that they that Twitch has, and there's many reasons for that. Many yeah, what, what many was reasons. Google Facebook clone that they made. It was Google uh, the, the plus, what what the what what G plus. Oh, Google, was it, yeah. It was, oh well, yeah. Google plus there was, an, it was, it was like yeah, yeah, like they make stuff and then they just like yeah, this is a cool uh, yeah whatever we don't care you know? yeah and it just it goes away. 
and and it's you know and that's a that's the thing that sucks too man is like whenever they had um their the google feed reader thing the rss reader yeah deal, i love like google everything reader. everything love. was dependent on like every app in the app store was dependent on google reader oh uh, we're just shutting it down yeah, they were just like, yeah, that's gone in 30 days. Bye. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. glad Feedly was there to step up to the plate. I, I use Feedly and I support Feedly and I'm glad they were there to fill in that hole because I live by RSS feeds, man. I don't know about y'all, but I live by RSS feeds. And Yeah, because I want to just read headlines. I don't yeah. have time for that article shit. Yeah, exactly. And, and if there's uh, an article I want to see. Can yeah. I just get a list of headlines? No, I don't even need that. That's how I do my political news too, man. I just oh, really? Read headlines just headlines? Make up my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but back to our topic um how do i get back to our topic let me zag in that direction and next Uh, week on the show no it's been a short one no (laughs) we'll just play the out the outro music for star trek the next generation um okay so so here's here's the problem right mm -hmm. starfleet academy failed not only because it tried to be, but did it fail? Um, it got an expansion and a sequel. It got an expansion and a yeah. sequel. Did it fail? Mm, I'm not it, sure it, it failed did. Me. Well, failed I agree, me it failed me as well. But I think it must have done well enough that not only are people reviewing it on GOG review it positively somehow, which I don't freaking understand. But when um, did Free Space One come out? Uh, ninety eight. Okay, so a year after this, the same company turns yeah. out Free Space. One. I know. Yeah, that's a weird how, thing. How like, can you make the leap? From the same the company stuff, made yeah. the same company made twenty uh, fifth anniversary and Judgment Rights Interplay. Uh, well, at least published it, and yet you have this. I would say the answer would be different teams, probably because it's different team. It was a different yeah. team that made the SNES version ninety four. And that was also Interplay, and right? That was also Interplay. That was also Interplay, yeah. and it was good. Yeah, it was good for what it was. I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to find that an emulated version of that and fire it up because I want to try it because that looked pretty. Aw- that looked pretty fun, actually. You uh, know, speaking of games that suck, right? So I, I got this <laughs> Shield tablet, and uh, oh yeah, a girl at work brought her uh, Nintendo Switch in today. Let me yeah. fiddle around with Zelda a little bit. Wow, I understand why people throw down three hundred dollars to play a game. It, really? Totally, I get it now. Yeah, I played yeah. it. I played it about ten minutes, and I was just like, "Damn, all right." So anyway, um, I have a tablet, the Shield tablet. It's about the same size. It's what made me think of it. And uh, so I'm going through the store, and I'm looking, trying to find any kind of game that's any kind of respectable that doesn't look like Flappy Bird or Crossy Road or Shooty Gun or whatever the naming convention. Now it's all, it, it, everything ends in a Y, right? Cause Flappy Bird. So now we have Crossy Road, Shooty Gun, Roby Robot, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, and it used to be like uh, clash of Kings or, you know, like birds of sky or <laughs> it's, it, I think honestly they try to pick names that are so jacked up that, that it's like a mnemonic. It's like, you'll remember this because it sounds so weird. Right. It, I, I don't know. Anyway. Um, but I'm going through the thing and it's like, it's a cesspool. It's just a complete shithole of, of like games that just shouldn't even exist. And they're, you know, like the, the stolen art, there was one of them, dude, it's got Batman on it 
and what? it's and it's and it was like some super heroes of super <laughs> or whatever. I saw and, it, and it's like it. yeah, and and it's like dude, that's fucking Batman. And it's like, this game has nothing to do with Batman, but it made me look at the thing. Cause I'm scrolling by and I'm like, that's atrocious. Yeah. I, I, you know, but, it, but it, the whole thing is terrible, right? It's, it's like, it's like indie with, with a fake polish on it. It's, it's, it's all, it's like saccharine sweet indie trash, right? You, you can only put so much sugar on a turd and it's still going to be a turd. Um, but the problem is that it is so polluted with that. I know there are good games out there. Mm, I can't just find trying them. to find them. Yeah. 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 So, and that's what everybody's afraid steam is going to do. Right? Yeah. Is turn oh, yeah. that where, where the signal to the noise is so bad. The only way you can find anything is go into an external site and read and reviews again. It's almost like they're going to bring the, they're bringing the gaming press back to life <laughs> by, by just having such a shitty store. Um, now it's it, it, you know it's like rise from your grave. <laughs> by the by the way, folks, what's on Steam.com? Fantastic. Yeah, it is pretty good. Um, so the uh, the deal though is I'm looking through on here and I just oh my god I can't find shit. But you know what's awesome though is the emulators, right? Mm. So then I go back and I whip out like Super Nintendo games, Genesis games, whatever stuff that was good. And it actually works very, very well on that nice. platform, especially since I have a I have a Bluetooth controller, right? So I'm not like using that on screen yeah. horror show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's just like, dude, it's like I got every arcade game that was ever made, every Super Nintendo game, every Genesis game, in my pocket on this one device, and I have a proper game pad to play it with. So uh, there's nothing in that store that can compete with that. It's, it, you know, so like you guys talking about like the old Star Trek games and, and stuff. And, and it's just like, yeah, man, like I was playing Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo. And it's like, why? Well, I, I can't get Stardew Valley on a tablet. Unfortunately, I don't know why the Chucklefish has not ported that damn thing yet. Um, but, you know, it's like, OK, well, uh, I'll go back and play the original. Right. Play play some Harvest Moon. Um yeah, I, I could play Nintendo games all day. Um, it, it's like it's got me going back to the classic old stuff, and like I can't play NES. That's that's like Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Like here, my my red brick beat up your blue brick. Oh, they're tanks, really? Okay, I had a lot more imagination when I was ten, I guess. But you know, the, but the the Nintendo and Genesis that sixteen bit console era is just perfect for mobile devices. And and if Nintendo doesn't start porting that whole library over to the Switch, they're fools. Fools. They're basically leaving money on the table at that point. Yes. Yeah. But they also have a jacked-up e-store. Like, Nintendo has never got the online thing. It's like, you want to play a game with me? Cool. What's your friend code? Uh, you got five minutes to write this down? <laughs> You'll <laughs> Here, never remember. Here's a 20-digit... <laughs> String, it's like a, uh, dude. It's it's like it's like an encryption string. It's like here's my PGP key. Well, it's my friend code actually. Um, it actually reminds yeah. me of the old NES passwords for save yeah. games. Yeah, man, you, you got your uh, Metroid manual and you got your save games written down in the. It's like why why do they leave the back three pages of the manual blank with lines on it? Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> right, the hard way. God. <sighs> so but anyway, point being, 
So, um, but you, did think, you get that Star Trek game on your emulator? Is that is that what yeah, you're going? Yeah, I have, this? I have, uh, I have them all. So yeah, I can just whip that thing out and play it like right now. It would be great. You should, you um, should because it, yeah, because Spaz, you showed a video of it, or was it you that posted the video, Jim? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was me. Uh, um, but I watched a little of that video and of it, it, and it looked really competent, especially for a SNES game. Like it looked really good. And, and yeah, well, that's that's the thing is I'm surprised. I'm I'm freaking shocked actually looking at it, and I'm like, this is a 16 bit like Super Mario console, right? It has with, business with showing like 3D spaceships that look actually good. With now with you know? with only a cup with only a a D pad and a couple of buttons on the controller. That's really it. And yet you had you had multiple stations you could look at, and multiple screens and whatnot, like engineering yep. and all that, like. Well, they had um, Super Wing Commander on. Uh, what the hell did that come out on? It wasn't 3DO? Super Nintendo. It was 3DO. Yeah, right? it was 3DO had it. Yeah, and then there was also one on Sega PlayStation CD 1. had it because I yeah. had it. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I had a Sega CD version of it. Uh, but just talking about trying to play a space game with a D-pad put me in mind of that. Oh it's god! Just like, wow! Oh god! Play, uh, play Wing Commander with your arrow keys. Colony Wars but, on the back. PlayStation. Made me yeah. want to made me want to really shoot myself, like like in the face. Yeah, did you realize there was like five Colony Wars games? There's three. Blew my mind. I, there's three, and there's I own three, them all. There's and a lot. There's yeah, a lot. Yeah, I know. And apparently they're very good, but I don't want to play two or three without playing the first one, and I don't want to play the first one with 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 a D pad. Apparently, apparently, there's a special analog PS one controller you can get that works with Colony Wars. Yeah, but an Xbox 360 gamepad hooked up to your PC, and then you run the emulator. And, and I don't even know if that game. would work. I don't even know if that it would work. No, I have the PlayStation version. I actually have it. And and so I'd, I'd rather run the original, you know, if I could. Rather, I, I'm not a fan of emulation. I'd rather, if I can, run the original. You know, I don't yeah. know why. Well, I, yeah. Okay. But, get a soldering uh, iron out. And <laughs> take one of your Microsoft Sidewinders and make it into a Nintendo or a, to a hey, PlayStation. Hey, hey, back off. Back off from my Sidewinder, motherfucker. I will cut you with a soldering iron. You got iron. ten of them. You I've got five. Sacrifice one. I will not five. sacrifice any of them. I didn't them. know it was that bad. Oh, God. <laughs> it's bad. It's, it's really Brian, bad. Brian, we must talk. Well, hey, yeah, they don't. You have a bit of a collection problem. They don't make it that's anymore. That's how he's going to pay for the honeymoon. He's going to eBay. <laughs> there you go. They don't make him anymore. I needed backups in case this one died. You know, I just kept an eye out for well, well conditioned, well priced models. What? What? <laughs> I don't have a problem. <laughs> you know, you know what else is uh, is actually a problem for What's classic that? game people now. I, I was listening to a podcast. You can't get a CRT screen anymore, right? Yeah, so those are very to hard to get. Like, those are very hard to get, yeah. Yeah, so it used to be like, oh, the monitor burned out in my Pac-Man. Well, I could get a, an actual computer monitor that's a CRT and wire it up in there, and it'll be okay. Oh, not anymore, right? So so you have a choice. Like You can convert your, your classic game cabinet over to an LCD panel, or you can go on the collector market and try to find whatever. So one of the guys, um, he he found a deal where uh, it was like a TV station where they had like professional monitors, which are not at all like a computer monitor. 
because they run like some crazy different megahertz frequency and they don't have anything that resembles a VGA port. So it, it's like some weird like RS-232 bus looking plug thing. Huh? So then you have to get like a special converter box and those things are, are like gold. You know, it's like, it's madness, right? Like, like the guy gave him the monitor for free. He was just like, yeah, I got this laying around the garage. I don't know how to plug it into nothing. And then he went on like a three month epic quest to find a, just the wire for it. So he could plug anything into it. And it was just like, good God, man. Yeah. Like I, I've noticed that like a lot of people are like, oh my God, I found a working CRT monitor. Like, why is that such a big deal? And then I looked around and apparently those are getting more and more rare because they they're dying you know they don't yeah, last forever you it, know it's like I, I look at this like this 36 inch beast that's on my desk right and then i remember when uh, like a 22 inch crt monitor w- it took two people to put that up on a desk oh yeah they weighed it a million monstrous pounds. you had to have your desk like three feet back from the wall because the ass of the monitor stuck out that far and, and you like, had to have a strong desk to hold it up yes Oh yes, those things were not light, um, but it, but I'm just like, oh, this monitor was huge, man. My friend Ralph had one, right? And it was like, that's the biggest monitor ever. And then, <laughs> it, yeah, it was 22 inches. Like, like you struggle to buy a monitor smaller than that now. So it's it's right? sick. I know, like this tiny little 14 inch monitor I have on the side of my large 30 inch monitor. I got that for like 20 bucks, you know, on eBay. I mean, and like this would have been a massive monitor back in the day, this 14 inch, like, oh my God, like what? Yep. (laughs) It can do, it could do above 800 by 600. Um, Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. Old games, man. Like it's, it's funny trying to get them to run and trying to find them. Like, that submarine Titans game we talked about the other day, I could not get that to run well, which is really sad because that's a great game. Yeah, it but was it pretty was, cool. It was, it was like a wet Starcraft. Yeah, it was underwater and it had thermal layers and everything. It was great, and and yeah, it would not stop flickering, like at all. Like I could not get it to stop flickering, so it was madness. It was either flickering or the colors were all um, like negative, you know. So it looked terrible or killed my eyes. One way or another. So it's a real shame to try and get some of those old games to run. Like, Well, you had that same flickering problem with Birth of the Federation, didn't you? I, You know what? I was fortunate in that I was able to get Birth of the Federation to finally run in a window. And that seems to take away the flickering problem for a lot of these older games like Jumpgate and whatnot. You know, once you get these games to run in a window the flickering problem goes away, which is really nice. But some games will do not, will no, will not run at all in a window. Like I tried to run Emperor of the Fading Suns in a window, made my machine reboot. Like that's how harsh that game hated it. The game was wow. like, I hate you. Yeah. It, 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 it gave me a blue screen of death. I didn't, I haven't seen a blue screen of death in years. And, I saw, I was like, what the fuck just happened? So I can't even record that game. It's, oh, I might try to use this action thing to record it now since I could record Starfleet Academy, apparently. You know, that's, that's an interesting thing. Like a lot of those things like Java games that we couldn't, we couldn't do, um, was like, um, 
yeah, I can't, I can't think of the name of the thing. It was, uh, just came out the, the other block thing, Crohn's game, uh, star something light speed frontier. Yeah, that was it. Light speed frontier. Absolutely. Cannot capture that thing. No matter what I do. Really? And yep. did you try running it? Do it? I captured it, but I think I ran it in a window. Did you try it in a window? No, I, in a window, it doesn't work. If I full screen what? it and then I capture full screen as like, uh, as like an, uh, like capture it as the monitor device, right? Then I can get it. But I don't want that thing at like 3440 by 1440. I, I don't need that. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to just get a 1080p window. That's, that's all I want. And, uh, nope, denied. That's weird. I mean, most yeah, modern weird, games, I, most modern games, I don't have much of a problem capturing. Um, but I can see, I can see that you know, I guess some are problematic. But older games, like I was really surprised that Starfleet Academy didn't. I couldn't capture anything with OBS display, game, window. Yeah, OBS does some nothing. weirdness, right? And uh, most of the it, time, it's it great. Likes direct draw. It likes yeah. direct draw. If you have an open GL game you're screwed. Um, and some of the, some of the stuff that used like 3d effects, which cause that renders an open GL, um, it has a real struggle with that, but other games not. So it's, it's persnickety, right? That's, that's, uh, yeah, it it's is. weird like that. Most of the time, but hopefully I love this it. new thing actually just works because it looks eh, pretty cool. It's all right. Um, it, it seems to be a little stuttery on some more powerful games. I just, I just wish that OBS worked. You know, like in all cases, it just it, it works and for me. It works in ninety five percent of the cases. It used to yeah, not. I end up, it gets I end up having to screw around with it a lot. Like you know, delete the game profile thing that I'm running, and then recreate it and re add the game. It just I don't know. It futzes with me a lot. Oh, I don't know whether it's it's like my SLI that throws it off or, oh. or what its deal is. I don't but, have yeah. SLI. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's yeah. also Windows Seven. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, um, yeah, I was, I mean, this action thing isn't bad. It's not great because, like, it got, it pulled in the, my audio twice last time I used oh. it. So that was fun. That's gnarly. It's like hearing an echo of myself. That was great. Um, Have you ever used XSplit? I tried it once a while ago. I didn't like it. I didn't, like, I, one thing I like about OBS is how flexible it is. Like there's a lot of yeah. shit you can do with it. Oh yeah, and like OBS. OBS, it's got like chroma key stuff built in. Yeah, so, like you know, I that's, can set that's how people do green screen things. And oh yeah, and I can set filters to only capture 640 by 480 if I'm playing an older like game that will only full screen, like X Wing versus Tie Fighter. It's it's great for stuff like that. But with XSplit, it was it it seemed to just be a little too simple. And some people like that. Some people just want it to work. It's like this is the Android. Of, of uh, capture programs and XSplit is the Apple. It just works. Don't fiddle with it too much. <laughs> it just works. So I prefer being able to tweak a bit. Um, but I was very thankful yep. that I had this action program. So thank you, 
uh, Marillus or whatever your name is for making for for sending me a key to action so I could capture Starfleet Academy for tonight's show because I was stressing out about so that. Is a little he bit. like one of the guys that hangs in our chat? Actually, works for those guys? No, they so deal? they contacted me and sent me an email and said, "Hey, do you want to try our thing? Sure, this is actually something I could use. Give me three keys, you know, because I figure you know if I could talk about it, you and Hunter could talk about it. So, um, yeah. Or if we were in Russia, we would be like, I need a key for my sick mother. Uh, who? <laughs> the scammers. We were talking about that in the developer room the other day. Oh, just really? about like all the key scams. Yeah, it's like, you know, and, and it's always like some Russian teenager. Like, well, they're saying now, can you spare me? Well, one of the things they're talking about now is sending, letting developers send keys directly through Steam. Yes, truly a blessing. Which I think yeah. is a, I think besides like truly indie games that aren't on Steam yet, I think that's a great idea. That's going to mess with um, with stuff like um, Humble Bundle and, and that though. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're not going to take away the option to add. I mean, that would they Steam would just be shooting themselves in the foot if they took away the right. option. Like the thing, the thing that I think used to work and it worked well, and I don't know why they took it away is whenever Humble used to just link straight to your Steam account and inject the game. They said it was a security... you had no opportunity to resell it. They said it was a security issue. They didn't get any more detail than that. It was probably Steam was just like, we can't make this secure enough, so we're going to shut it off. Which is not unfair, honestly. No, it's not completely unfair, but but it's just the thing of, like, that system actually worked better. That was great when it worked. Yeah. That was great when it worked, but... But yeah, now you got to like, like I have a program that lets me remote into my PC from work if I get a key just so I can add it to Steam. Because I don't want to like, because oh, logging into multiple Steam clients is a pain in the ass. Uh, like, so I don't want to log in on my Mac at work just to add a key. That's stupid. And then re-log in again when I get home. That's dumb. Like, come on, Steam, give me a web way to, give me a web interface to do this. If PlayStation can do this. For God's sakes, because PlayStation, you can just redeem a key through their website. Like, why can't I do yep. that through Steam? Like, like I do that on a fairly regular basis. Exactly. Exactly. You buy a key on like Amazon or something. You get a key. You put it in. You go, you log into the website. You put in your key. Dumb. It's on your account. Why can't I do that with Steam? Like, like Steam. You know, it's I'm going to just say this last thing about Steam and then we're going to move on to the topic. Um I think the Steam thing that annoys me most about Steam is that it doesn't have a shared cart. Do you know what I mean by that? So, like, if I add something in my cart at home that I want to save for later but not buy just yet, it's not in my cart anywhere else, just at home. You know what I mean? So, like, if I go to work, yeah. it's not in my cart there. If I look at my phone, it's not in my cart there. Like, Amazon, for example, if I add something to my cart, it's fucking everywhere. Like, anywhere I log into Amazon, it's in my goddamn cart. You know what I mean? And that's how it should be. Why is this so hard? Steam, come on. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, AC Wraith, the uh, piece, the DualShock 2 does not, the sticks on the DualShock 2 do not work with Colony Wars. Um, that's what I have. I have a PS2, and the DualShock 2, those sticks don't work with Colony Wars. Only the D-pad, which is why I wanted to claw my eyes out. When I tried to play Colony Wars, which is a shame because it looks like a great game. It really does. But yeah, I can't play it. I need that specific PlayStation 1, uh, whatever this one, the SCPH 1180. That one, whatever that is, that's what I need. 
you know. Anyway, back to Star Trek, which is what we're going to talk about. Wow, we went really off the uh, off the reservation there for a bit. Rails? What the hell are those? Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I also wanted to talk about um, Starfleet Academy is because we have talked about Star Trek games. Uh, this was kind of Hunter's request because he didn't want to just talk about Starfleet Academy, which is fair because it's a po- giant pile of garbage. But a lot of Star Trek games are garbage because – and here's the reason why I think a lot of them are garbage. They focus too much on combat, and there's not a lot of combat in Star Trek. If you look over all of Star Trek, not a ton of combat. Um, they're very simplistic. They, it's like they don't trust the player. To, to deal with the nuances that Star Trek regularly deals with in terms of morality, in terms of diplomacy, you know, and whatnot. Um, and so a lot of games just forget about that. Like, I think the ones that do it best were like, we were talking about it before the show, is the adventure games, like a Final Unity, like 25th anniversary. Like the text advent. did you guys play any of the text adventure games that came out during the 80s? Oh, I played it. Yeah, actually, I have a couple of the Infocom games still from my Atari 800. No, I mean the Star Trek. They were the Star Trek adventure text adventure games were done by Simon and Schuster, I believe. And there yeah, were like were. Yeah. four or five of them. There was like the Kobayashi Alternative. Uh God, I can't remember the other ones. I, I didn't l- play them back then, but yeah, oh. I, I knew about them. They were great. I mean, there are a few reasons they were great. One, you could walk around the entire Enterprise. I mean, yeah, sure, it was text, but you could walk in any room in the entire Enterprise as Captain Kirk. It was kind of amazing, you know? But it wasn't just all about combat, you know? It, was, it, was, it also had diplomacy. It also had exploration. It also had science-y, like, scanny stuff. And a, a lot of games just, I think, missed that, which is just a goddamn shame. It's weird how the adventure games, you know, really embody that really well. Like a Final Unity, for example, or the uh, the Next Generation SNES games that um, you were talking about. Yeah, um, it had combat, but it wasn't the f- the only part right, of the game. Right, exactly. It was. It was. It was like if the situation got bad enough, then you'd have combat. Or if it was a scripted event, then you'd have combat. But that wasn't all that the game was about. And and I think this is where a lot of Star Trek games fail, especially is it's too much combat. Like, like there were a couple of Star Trek games um, that came out in the aughts that I didn't play. There was that conquest game, which was some kind of bare bones, real time strategy game, which I heard wasn't very good. There was uh there was Star Trek new worlds, which was Ugh. a ground based RTS. That's set a great idea. The original series. During the, the movies. That, it was during the movies, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, and, and the only ships that you had, yeah. The they, the only ships that you had were there to uh to act as bases or uh, to uh do bombing runs for your for yeah. your side. And that's just not very fun. No. No, I remember part of the trailer was like it was showing like I think it was a, a bird of prey doing a bombing run. I'm like, really? That's and, all? and the game itself was buggy as hell. Yeah. They didn't really patch it. They didn't really support it. Yeah. And it ended up, oh, I ended up getting it as part of an interplay bundle of Star Trek games, five of them for under 20 bucks. Because <laughs> oh, I remember those. Be- those five-in-one bundles, yeah. That's yeah, how those I got are great. It. Those were great back in the day. 
that is how I got my copy of Starfleet Command, though. So, uh, well, I mean, he... at least at least that was good because Starfleet Command was great. Oh yeah, I mean, it was combat focused, but there was also other stuff you did in that game. Like sometimes you'd stop an asteroid from hitting a planet, and you know, sometimes you'd have to scan or an rescue anomaly a ship. or rescue yeah. a ship. Exactly. So. Uh, and Memory League Death brings up Star Trek Online, which, again, is very combat-focused. I mean, it's got some exploration stuff, but it doesn't have enough of the other stuff, which is just such a... Oh, it's so frustrating. And and there was that... Um, there was Legacy, which wasn't that mostly combat-focused as well? I didn't play... That was almost entirely combat, yes. There, there, was, there was really no, no choices. It was a linear story, yeah, and you had to and, follow the story. You had okay. Granted, you had a couple optional objectives you could take in a, in a given mission, but but for the most part, it, it was just play one mission, do lots of combat, maybe uh, maybe uh, quote unquote explore a little bit within the sector you're in. But for the most yeah. part, you're constrained to the sector. So yeah, it, it was a a, a combat focused, campaign focused game. That didn't really give you much leeway to do anything. And this is what bothers me because I was thinking about it and I realized that a lot of these – I don't know if I can blame the developer or I can blame Paramount. Probably more Paramount. But it's like they don't trust gamers. Like they didn't trust gamers enough to deal with anything beyond combat. You know? And, and for some Star Trek games, combat worked like Armada and Dominion Wars. I mean that's kind of right on the tin. This is going to be a combat game. Because Armada, because yeah. War. Yeah, and it was, it, and those it was were an great. RTS that was actually good. Yeah. yeah, those were great. And and Klingon Academy, I mean Klingons, there's going to be combat. But there was other stuff in there besides combat. And it's a fucking Klingon game. You know? <laughs> the Klingons are all about combat. And yet in that, they had more stuff than just combat. It's like, I wanted, an, I wanted to be in an episode where I had to solve problems. And even Bridge Commander, which tried to do that, again, eventually boiled down to tried. all about combat. It tried. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think it I think kind of try. Basically, the root problem is that Star Wars is about pew pew pew, and yep. Star Trek yep. is yep. supposed to be about hey, we went here and there's some people with a problem, and we're doing our damnedest to avoid shooting. And uh, sometimes you got to do a little shooting. Sometimes but, you got to shooting. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But well. but the, but that's the difference too. Between like original series Star Trek, which was like some swashbuckling space mm-hmm. hijinks, mm-hmm. This is true. and then we got into the more cerebral, uh, you know, like Charles Xavier era. <laughs> um, uh, the 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 meeting room Star Trek of uh, next yeah, generation, yeah, like Star Trek that happened in boardrooms, which was then picked <laughs> up by Lucas. And he said, hey, you know, like having Star Wars in a series of boardrooms is a good idea, so let's do that. Oh, oh God, I never thought of the prequels that way, but you're not wrong, I don't think. It's a series of boardroom meetings, man. Totally. no. Well, the reason why is because uh, everything was green screen, right? And in order for the Uh, actors, like if you're going to animate all that, whatever, you need both people next to each other, preferably sitting down. And that way you don't have a lot of motion against your CG stuff. And uh, yeah, that's, that's why it was uh, unfortunately. Um, But you know, the, the sick part is Chris Roberts with wing commander three actually invented all that crap 
and then Lucas inflicted the Star Wars. But here's the thing: even even Chris Roberts say what you want about him. He saw that that was very limited, and with Wing Commander Four, moved to actual practical sets, which was just far superior. It cost more, but it turned out a better product in the end. So even even yeah, Chris absolutely. Roberts eventually yeah, saw the limitations that. of green screens, you know. But uh, people like people, Chris, Lucas surrounded himself with yes men yeah. and women, I guess. So, and so, so the deal I think with Star Trek, right? Star mm-hmm. Trek has always worked like Star Wars. You get an epic, like here's a two hour movie, bam, and then it's going to be like three years before you see another one. And then after three of those, then it's going to be about 30 years before you mm-hmm. see another one. Uh, you know, so, so it's a thing that comes in wallops of mm-hmm. bang star Wars. Right. But star Trek was like the weekly thing. Yeah. Right. So you had very, very self-contained episodes. And I right. think actually the self-containedness of the episodes was kind of to a detriment because it's like, why, why are the Klingons killing us this week? Because this last is week, why you have Wesley to watch Deep Space thing. Nine. This is why you have to watch yeah, Deep Space I know, Nine. I know because <laughs> well, know, it's got the, an arc, the but. episodic nature of that was directly due to Roddenberry because yeah. he did state that he didn't want his characters to have much development, which is, I think is one of the reasons why DS Nine did so well is because of the fact that the characters did get development. Yeah, exactly. they had those long mm-hmm. arcs, and he didn't want those arcs. They right. wouldn't have happened. Right if he had still been at the helm. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm honestly glad he wasn't. Um, even next gen slowly got away from that. It never really fully got away from that, but after he passed away, it started getting away from that, which was nice. They had some consistency here and there, which was great, but it was weird that star Trek never tried that with its games. Like, can you imagine an episodic star Trek game? Like one episode every four to six months, you know, it doesn't have to be the hugest production value. Just put me in a ship and let me do a thing. You know? Let me do an episode on my own and solve a problem. Yeah, episodic games, unfortunately, didn't work out. Which because, is weird, because you'd think they could have done well. You well, know? well, Telltale did it, right? With okay. like The Walking Dead and oh, yeah, all their true. other Telltale that's games. That, that's episodic. But there's like five episodes, and then you're out, yeah, right? which is fine. But what's nice is they come out like, you know, once a week or whatever the rate was that they were coming out. Mm-hmm. And you could kill an episode off in like two hours, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm going to sit down with my tablet and diddle with this thing for like two yeah. hours. All right, we're done. And, and then, you know, you get a bite of it, and then you're ready in a week when it comes back around. Um, the problem that I think... Well, with those guys, like they, they perfected the engine so they can just reuse it again and again. Sure. Um, but whenever you're uh, like, uh, what was it? Was it blood or which, which, what was Sin, the one that they Sin tried Sin, to have yes, episodes. Sin yeah. tried to do it. Yeah. Oh, that failed hard. Did they so even did, get did, a second one? Uh, I don't think, I think they only got to one. Didn't, uh, didn't that ever, didn't Half-Life also have an episode? Yes. Half, Half-Life yeah, had Half-Life episode episodes, one yeah. and two. Um, episode three. Oh my God! So I, I, my life would have probably been better had I not found this out. But Warren Spector was working on Half Life Episode Three when it got yanked. So, which is terrible. Which is terrible for Half Life fans because Warren yes, Spector. Because my God, it was yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's so unfortunate. I, I just 
Wow. Yeah, memory leak death brings up a good point is that I forgot about this, but 25th anniversary and judgment rights were kind of told in an episodic format within oh, the game. Yeah, it was like chapters in the game, but, yeah. they, but they bookended them like an episode, man. It had like the intro and the credits at the end. And, yeah. you know, they did every one of them like the TV show and it was glorious. Like if, uh, if it just so worked. Yeah, they worked like if they were if they were able to come out with an episodic Star Trek game where like say once a month you got like a 2 to 4 hour episode you could play and it would have you solve problems, you could fail, you could have there maybe one or two endings, you know, would lead to the next episode. I would pay for that. If it was done well, if it put me like in the captain's chair for a few hours, you know, I would pay for that. I guess that we could talk about that in our missed opportunity section, but it's kind of amazing that so much of Star Trek is episodic and yet so much of the Star Trek gaming is nowhere near that, nowhere near episodic. Um, I guess it doesn't help that like you, you brought up telltale and is it, do, do the same people work on the same telltale, like the games, like does one team work on one game? Like it's all in house, right? It's all the same people. Yeah, I think, on- I think there's, there are pretty small studios. So right. they, they might've expanded, but the way it used to be was, yeah, it was the same core group of people and at I, the time. And I'm, but and now, I'm one, yeah, I'm one, sorry. I was just, I'm just know. I'm just wondering if having all these different teams work on all these different games for Star Trek was to its detriment. Like cuz there were it didn't look like I was I was looking up credits of various Star Trek games and there did not look like there were a lot of people who worked on multiple Star Trek games. Oh, absolutely not. No, that 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 was a thing like Okay. So my point with all all games that have any kind of license, okay, is make a good game and then apply the license as a skin. Mm. Right. Okay. Like, like, it. You, like you, it. You know, good game first, mm. and it could have been made with, with no license, but it would have been lesser known. Right. So we're going to put a Star Trek skin on it. And then everybody's going to be like, wow, Star Trek game. Right. No. But it was a good game to start with. But I think the opposite happens is like, Hey, they just gave us the Star Trek license. Shit. Now we got to make something. Yeah, let's make. Uh, let's well, make you Sam, know. what you're talking about there happens with the board games because. Oh really? Uh, Star Trek, Star Trek Ascendancy, uh, which is the one of the more recent board games to come out, is is effectively a reskin of another board game with new con new content. Uh, so, the, so the you mean like Star Trek Monopoly is not an original thing, <laughs> or, right. or Star Trek Catan? Oh wait, Monopoly is not a game. Now, now I'll say Star Trek Catan for the record. Star Trek Catan is an awesome game and an excellent use of the license because it does fit very well within the theme, and you are, you know, you're laying down the base work, and you've got all these bases that you're trying to set up, and you're trying to build the the longest uh, set of of um, uh, locations, you know, uh, get the longest string and get, earn the most victory points that way. So actually, that works. It's a good use of the franchise and a good yeah. use of a board game to so, sell the franchise. So, so here's here's one for you. Have you ever played the board game, or well, there's a computer game of it now, uh, Twilight Struggle? I'm familiar with it, but I've not yet played it. Okay, so so for our, for our listeners at home. Um, Twilight Struggle is a card game that's played on a map of Europe, and 
basically it's the United States versus the Russians and it uses real world events or event cards. And those uh, basically can be played for political intrigue reasons. Right. And it's like, well, I want to play like um, the fall of Romania. Right. Like I, I have the, that's in my hand. And if, and it's all about timing, like the other guy played this event, I can cause this problem in Europe that will counter that kind of deal. Right. And, and the whole idea is to flip the loyalty of countries on the map. So I look at this and I'm like Federation and Klingons and all the border worlds. And you could take fictional things that happened in Star Trek canon and make cards. And those are the events. Right. And then the Klingon and the feds can play that crap against each other. Get a Romulan player in there too, because they're really shady. Um, and that would be a brilliant Star Trek game. But you know what? It was a good game first. And then we put a Star Trek skin on it. So w- what about like uh, cards against cards against Klingons? Yeah, that's it. It would be like cards against humanity, except with Klingon insults. I don't know. <laughs> I'm bankrupt. <laughs> But I was thinking about that, you because um, remember that April Fool's thing that uh, the Rebel uh, Galaxy folks did, where they made a private like yes, privateer. Those, those assholes. It's, that, I, that's all I can really I talk about. I, no, don't don't hate them. They're they're working on something. Um, uh, they're, but yeah, okay. but yeah, they 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 made something and then they skinned privateer upon it, and that's kind of why it looks awesome. And that's all I can yeah, say it about just, it. it was, that's all I can like, say about it. I'm watching this thing and I'm like, too much effort went into this joke. This is something <laughs> like something's happening here. Cause it's basically like take rebel galaxy, which we know and love and smack a wing commander franchise skin on it. And it's, and it was glorious. And then it said April fools at the end. And it's like, Oh, I hate you. So much love for rebel galaxy though. Yeah. Yes. More of that, please. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, I could like see they that could take working. they could take that kind of thing, right? So, so what's interesting in in the genres of sci-fi stuff, right? So you you have your things that are like Star Trek, which is you know let's be peaceful humanity and we're out here, but we have our human problems and we have our human politics and stuff. Right. So humans aren't like the white knights of the galaxy. We've got some things that we do, too. But in general, right, it's like we're trying to do the thing and explore and discover and meet new aliens and kill them. Um, But with Star Wars, that is just like an action movie. Right. It's not it's not a lot of development. They don't they don't. There's no exploration in Star Wars. Exactly. Everything's already known. You know, it's it's yeah, everything like, from everything. the outer rim on is already for, yeah, in it's, is it's pretty like, much. We know everything. We're sick of each other, and you know, it's like corruption has set in. Right, the the age of discovery is over, and now we're in the slow decline. Is kind of what that thing is about, and then you get the the in the middle thing, right, which can have a rich story, a lot of character development, plus moments of swashbuckling. And, you know, I would say like uh, Firefly, right? Um, Firefly, of course, also threw in the, the uh, like Western angle a little bit. 
Um, but you know, I mean, you got to base it in something that people can identify with. Right. So, uh, better a Western than like a civil war era <laughs> space epic or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like, that's that middle ground show, right. Where you can have interesting characters. You can have a little bit of pew pew. Um, but they also did it very episodically as Fox demonstrated to us that you, hey, you can show this in any order. <laughs> not really. Um, but, but it, but it was like, they tried to be contained episodes, right. But there was still some character arc and that got jacked. But you see what I'm saying though, it kind of walks the line between. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. And I think a game like rebel galaxy is right in there too. Cause okay. We got like weird star Wars cantina aliens running around, right? Like, uh, Firefly. Was there even aliens in that? I don't nope. remember. No, there no, weren't. It was just humans, all right? All humans. Yep. Yeah, all human all the time. So yep. now we got Star Wars Cantina weirdos in here to flavor it up a little bit. And hey, you got a ship and you're kind of a, you know, uh, uh, an entrepreneur, an owner operator, if you will, a freaking star pirate, whatever. Um, so you can run around and shoot some stuff and that. But also, there is an opportunity there for, okay, like Mass Effect that just came out, right? So Mass Effect, it, it wins in the exploration thing with me. And the combat Absolutely. stuff with me just gets old. It's just like, just please. I, I, just, I, I know that there has to be like some resistance to my exploration and stuff, but I wish the exploration was a little bit more. And the combat was a little bit less, right? Because it turns into Gears of War at some point, where it's just like oh, I'm playing a cover shooter, okay? And the combat and, isn't bad, but there's just too much of it. Yeah, well, that that's the thing, right? And it's like we we have flown six gajillion light years to a whole new galaxy, and we step off the boat and get in a gunfight instantly. I mean, with with like within five minutes. That's, that's literally the tutorial. I mean. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's like, hi, we're from Earth. Pow. And Johnson's head explodes. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, guess, guess, uh, you know, charge up your phasers, gentlemen. Um, yeah. So that was disappointing to me because it's just like, oh, God, here we go. Right. We, we went all this way and we got the same old bullshit. Right. And, and I'm not saying same old gameplay bullshit, but I'm just saying same old like conflict. Right. It's, it's just like, Hey, we met new people. And the first thing they want to do is shoot us. Right. So you could do using the mass effect, like let, let's rewind it right back to like mass effect two. Okay. That era take mass effect two. It's a great game. Maybe the best game. Put a star of the Trek series. Skin. Yeah. Put a, I would put say a star so. Trek skin on that shit. And now we're playing star Trek. And you can have a lot more interesting interactions and problem solving. And, you know, like it's almost like, okay, in that game you had, you had the, like in star Wars, you got the light side conversation and the dark side conversation. The dark side conversation is not always like, I'm going to be evil, but it's more like, I'm going to be a hard ass, right? Like sit down, shut up. I'm going to put my gun in your face. You're going to do what I say. Right. Or, you can, it's basically the, the Kirk or Picard options, right? Because it was like, everybody tried to talk Kirk down, like, don't kill him, Jim. <laughs> right. Like, let's talk it out versus like in, in, uh, 
next generation, it was always Worf, right? Worf's like, we should just fuck him up. And no, Worf. Like, no, no, diplomacy. Nope. No, Worf. <laughs> Dude, that video was hilarious, but it, it made <laughs> it <laughs> getting denied. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just, just one time, just one time in next generation. I just wanted to see Picard, like, just like take him off the chain. Just be like, fuck him up. Worf. <laughs> they got it coming to him. No one, just, no one will know. Mr. Wolf, you're off the leash. Go fuck him up. You know, a few times he actually Indulge did. Yourself. A few times, yeah. A few times he okay. did, and and it led to the trope known as the Wharf Barrage. He would fire all <laughs> torpedoes, and it would be absolutely ineffective just to show this is how badass this thing is. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But it also showed that every time Wharf actually did get to fire the guns, he, he got to shoot them so rarely that he shot them all. And they still did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Right? It was yes. just like, yeah. it, it's like, Mr. Worf, have you learned now? We let you shoot all the guns. And then we oh, still had to talk. He probably got his rocks off once he got on the Defiant. Because they shot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they shot everything no, was, with the Defiant. He was oh just like, God. didn't solve the problem, but I got to shoot all the guns. It was glorious. You do, no, you, that's how he solved the problem. He got on the yeah, Defiant. Yeah. Well, that, yes, because it had better guns. Oh, God, yeah. Gut, see, if the gun is not the solution, then you do not have the appropriate gun. <laughs> Perhaps it's the wharf solution. We, Captain, we need bigger guns. Much bigger guns. Hey, they even upgraded. It's, it's yeah, they upgraded the, from photons to quantum torpedoes. But yeah, it's interesting. The, it's the interesting. Bio, Bi- what the hell were those things? The the bio something torpedoes. Oh, was that had. in Voyager? Was that, that was in Voyager. Voyager. That was in Voyager. Were, that, were, they, were those torpedoes full of crap? I saw something about that on the Trek yes, yards. That was- <laughs> By the way, oh, if you guys ta- were they, aren't on the Trek yards, if you were guys are talking about it there too, because I brought yeah. that up too. I was like, does that yeah. mean that they were full of shit? Because yeah. Because they could take a transporter and make a photon torpedo. It must have hit Reddit or something because they were talking about just in the last few days. By the way, if you guys haven't hit the Trek Yards um, Facebook group, this is all they talk about is Star Trek ship and science-y bullshit. It's really great. It's on Facebook. It's called Trek Yards, one word, and it's it's awesome. If you have any interest in what we're talking about, go check out that Facebook group. It's really great. those guys cross pollinate very heavily with the with the sci fi modelers group, which is another which great you group. Will see, another great oh group. Oh my god, you'll they're, see some fascinating. Oh stuff. my god, and, there's and so and much it's not stuff limited in there. To Star Trek. I've mm-mm, seen like mm-mm. one dude made like an Area Fifty One UFO diorama, and it was just like my god. You know, what was it a couple months <laughs> ago? So someone, much work. What was it a couple months ago? Someone had a full model of this Sulak. What's it? The Sulaku, the ship from Aliens. Yeah, um, yeah, the Sulaku. Yeah. Sulaku. Oh my god, it was. Gorgeous! It was did you see utterly gorgeous. The dude that three D printed the um uh what was the ship from the black hole? Like oh can't. yes 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 and I did yeah. see that one. Oh god, what the hell is the name of that ship? The the big amazing beautiful, pretty much one of the best things about the black hole. Um, was it the Discovery? The, no, yeah, no, was, no 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 no. Discovery's in two thousand one. Hang on, yeah, I'll look it so up. So there was the the Palomino was the little ship, the Cygnus. That's what it was. The Cygnus. They they made a a giant. Yes, Cygnus. That's it. You're right. Model of the Cygnus, like room size model of the Cygnus. Yeah, and it was and, gorgeous. And it, it was all mine because it was all lit well, and shit. They, yeah, well, they 3D printed it, right? So the the entire ship is is like a steel girder skeleton, 
with glass windows. It looks like a giant greenhouse, right? Like if you, if you had a greenhouse as big as a city, that's this thing. And, and it's just like nothing but windows and by God, the guy made it and lit it. And, and it's just, yeah. I, I couldn't even believe what it was, I was looking it was at. Gorgeous. Utterly. I mean, yeah, that's one of the, my few- second thought, where the fuck are you going to put that thing? Are you married? Then like, my- <laughs> is she going to let you have that? <laughs> oh boy. Um, See, my yeah. problem is I'm allowed to have it, but then she's going to say, well, since you've got that, I've got this and it's going to be like 10 times worse. So I have to, I have to like, you know, limit <laughs> because it, it becomes, it, it becomes like a, a, a superpower, uh, escalation, like a, a, an arms race. Yeah. It's escalation. It's like, Oh, you got, you got that. Well, oh, apparently trick yards is primarily a YouTube channel. I did not know that. Um, but yeah, hang out on the trick yards, Facebook group. Y'all I'll post a link. It's, uh, really freaking great. You know, they, they did a thing. Um, I was, I was, uh, one of the things that they did was awesome. Actually, nobody else liked it though. Uh, but it was, it was like, uh, how in star Wars, they have those uglies, you know, where they kit bash like a bunch of different ships together. This was glorious. It was the reliant, but they had reshaped the body to be like a, to be a Romulan warbird. I saw that, but it, but it was still the Reliant, and I was just like, "That is beautiful." Like if we had ever gotten along with the Romulans, even for like five minutes, that ship would have happened, and it was gorgeous. That reminds me of the two uh, Starfleet uh, Starship Creator games. Oh God! And the thing is, <sighs> the, the ship building wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was interesting. They shouldn't have it's tried to bolt. A- Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you. I was going to take your point. Is they they tried to bolt the game on top of that, mm-hmm. and it was and a terrible game. It was oh, a terrible game. Terrible. Now, what they did do that I think was awesome was that with the second one, they allowed you to export your ship creation mm-hmm. into Star Trek Dominion Wars, which I never so did. Oh, wow. you, did your you do ship that? into that? Did you do? I that? never ended up doing it, but uh-huh. I have. I have uh, all three games. It oh, is wow. possible to do it if I can get a legacy yeah, because, system going. And, because first yeah. you can import your ships from Warp 1 into Warp 2, and then you can sh- import your ships from Warp 2 into Dominion into Wars. Into Dominion Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this whole chain of and, – and that was fun. The, the ship – I don't even like building ships. Putting a Star Trek ship together, that was fun. But yeah, they shouldn't have tried to bolt a game onto that thing. Because it wasn't. Yeah, it could have. It could have just been like, Here, here's a cool ship, and now you can print it out, or whatever, you know, and and we're done. Or or better yet, you made the ship. Now you can walk around in it. That would have been See, excellent. But that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. You and, can kind of you know, do that in it, in Star Trek Online, but not it, quite. And you, you know, do- in, in fact, not even be a combat game. What? Okay, so here's another thing that Star Trek just fails to do, which mm-hmm. is the obvious. So Star Trek is all about exploration and science and mm-hmm. whatever, right? What are mm-hmm. what are they always investigating? An anomaly. Anomaly right? is a space-time anomaly so, or a subspace anomaly or Yeah, no and, no time uh, travel. On the greatest generate on the greatest generation podcast, which if you all haven't listened to by the way is fantastic, they call all of those things like space buttholes. Cuz they do. They look like giant swirly glowy space buttholes. 
They really do. Space got to poop too. Yeah, everybody poops, and they um, poop out anomalies. Apparently, they, they shit out. They shit the Dominion. God damn it, Spaz! I almost spit all over my microphone. I had to go there. Fucking god! I, oh my god! I would have spit all over my Yeti. God damn it! <laughs> well, well done. Well, well it's done. like it's like Sagan said. We're all just star farts. Um, <laughs> but sorry, what was your point, Jim? You were making. You're about to make a point. I. Oh God. If I had one, it's gone. It was all about exploration. It was all about oh, yeah, science. It's all, it's all about exploration and science. And right. Stuff. Why don't we get a game that's about exploration mm-hmm. and science? Mm-hmm. You dumbasses. Like, yeah. okay, so here's the perfect formula. The perfect formula okay. is like Elite Dangerous. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in Elite, we have this galaxy generator that mm-hmm. is apparently accurate enough that it can guess star systems before NASA even finds them. <laughs> right, right. They, like that whole Trappist One deal, which they they have now modified Trappist One to make it NASA accurate. So kind of cool, but it wasn't far off. It was like we got a we got a brown oh, dwarf really? and seven planets. Yeah, it was it was right on the money, and it was within a couple light years of where the thing really is. And the way that they did it, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on Joe Rogan's show a while back and he, he knows nothing about elite dangerous, right? I'm trying to correct that because I sent some tweets at him, but, um, yeah. but it's, it's the, and, and here's why, right? In elite, when you fly around and especially now that they have those tourist beacons and stuff, mm-hmm. the tourist beacons could be a voiceover from Neil deGrasse Tyson explaining uh, what you're looking at. I, I don't know if they have the money to get him, but, if, oh, if they I, did. he he might do it for free. I mean, like you know they what? got he might. He might. voice pack thing, right? But it's it's the deal. Like in on the Cosmos show, how long did that run for? Is it still going? I, no, I think it, it was, was like, like a week seasons, or two. Right? It was like a season or two. Yeah, yeah, it was like two seasons. Of it. it was like a mini series. Excellent. It was awesome. I liked it. It was great. Um, but it's him like giving the history behind things. Right. But, but his, his deal was like, we're on the spaceship of the imagination and we're going to fly out here to this star cluster and take a look. And then I'm going to explain to you, well, it's like, all right. So imagine if I could fly there myself and then you would come on the ship PA system and explain because you are the, the AI reconstruction of Neil deGrasse Tyson from centuries ago. And, you know, who's very proud to have been proven right <laughs> you know? or whatever. Um, but, it, but it's just the, the thing, you know, like the magic of like, I'm, I'm here. And then I get this science explanation that is for real. Right. And I'm looking at like the closest approximation that we can generate of the real thing. And the scientist himself is, like coming through the the headphones explaining to me and it's all certified like this is this is as good as we can understand it right now right so take that star trek right hey we're gonna go probe this this dark matter emission that's happening over here what the hell is dark matter well let's talk about it wow right so dude the the whole thing science right now like we understand so very little right uh, as as far as like what the common person understands, but whenever right. you start looking at like hadron collider stuff and talking to people about string theory and all this quantum crap that just didn't exist back whenever Star Trek was imagined, right? But now that we have all this science, we don't need to techno babble anymore. 
the real stuff is actually freakier than the techno babble that they used to throw at us. So let's have a Star Trek show that is a science vessel. And it just goes around and discovers shit. And we discuss it, you know? And it doesn't have to be like a swashbuckling Star Trek whatever show. This would be perfect fodder for like a YouTube show. Oh god. A yeah. Netflix show. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. I'd watch and it that. doesn't have to have it doesn't have to have like super crazy budget either. Or shocker, stick in a freaking video game. We've already got the engine, right? Braben gave us that gift. So now stick a Star Trek skin on it and fly around in Earth and yeah, give me give me yeah. interesting missions where I'm you know there's Chronicling a reason gaseous anomalies yeah, there's a reason to go out there I would and, love and fly to chronicle some thing. gaseous goddamn anomalies I would love exactly. that exactly let me do that well well you know okay so the the planetary scanners in elite right you 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 come into a system and you hit the button and it goes warm discovered 18 new stellar bodies. Okay. That was quick. Right. And then I fly up to a planet and I point my scanner at it. Warm. All right. I got a map of the whole planet magic. Right. Why not make that a little more involved? Like I actually have to orbit the planet. Oh God. To map the thing. There right? is, um, and th- there's a mission. Well, the game that um, did it is, sorry. uh, um, Damn it, Evercron. I was just about to bring up Evercron. They have a yeah. mission where you do exactly that, yep. which is and great. And I don't understand why they don't have you do it in Elite. But people would cry. Like, well, then this it takes so me like 10 times longer. This is so it boring. It takes me like 10 times longer. Long. I have to work for this. I can't just fly there and then hit a button and then bitch about how boring it was. Yeah, because you have to do something, and it's still going to involve piloting skill. Because the joy of that game is flying the ship. No matter mm-hmm. what else you're doing, mm-hmm. the fly in the ship is what you're there for. Yep. So give yep. me interesting situations to fly the ship in other than just combat and docking. Thank you. So there is another game that kind of did that, but in a top-down Starfleet? sort of way. I was actually going to say Space Rangers 2, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's you true. have to go into orbit, and then you can uh, you can land on the planet. You can set your probes to go out and try to collect stuff for you, but you kind of have to work for it because if you don't go back and check on your probes, they'll they'll eventually break down and stop working. If you if all you're doing is exploring, you can make a lot of money doing that. It's actually a, a viable way to go through most of the game. You know, another game that had something similar was uh, Nomad from the mid '90s. I don't know if anyone has played that one, but uh, through talking to people, you could find um, coordinates to systems that hadn't been like, "Oh, I flew past this system. I didn't know it was in it." But you want to check it out, and you could check it out, and there might be a planet there, and you could drop probes that would mine the planet while you were gone, and yeah. and make you money, and you can come back and get it. So there was some great exploration in that game as well. Yeah, so the the perfect time setting for a Star Trek game, I think, is slightly before original series or mm. slightly after, mm. right? But in that window, right? Oh, give me where, the movie era. Where, that's my favorite era. Give me the movie uh, era. Fair. No. Fair. You don't okay, think okay, so? But that, that's, that's my favorite There was still the exploration in the movie era. But, yeah. Okay, but, there, but there's the gap, right, between the the end of the five-year voyage 
and then the movies. How long a gap was that? That was like uh, a ten, five years, five ish year, a couple years at was least. That, he, got, he became an admiral. In yeah, time, it was. It was. A, right? It was. It was a few years. It wasn't like a lot yeah. of years, but it was. So let's go. It, let's go into that years? gap. Yeah. Let's okay. Go into that gap where where the refits start to happen, mm. right? And you've got some of the old school stuff still around, and you got some of the refit stuff mixed in with it, right? And then you get like an Oberth or my God, the Reliant. Give me the Reliant. Yeah, take them right. I'm a science. I'm a science slash scout, right? Just don't go to Tau Seti four or five or whichever one it was. Don't go to Tau Seti five. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) but this is Tau Seti six. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. No, it's PC uh, City Alpha Six. Oh, That's what he said. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a Miranda. Let me just explore some shit for the Genesis program. How great would that be? I'd do that. Yep. Sure. So, so the so the deal, like, not not yeah. Well, surveying, right? Because that's yeah. what they do. They yeah. were out surveying planets. Hmm. Even in so the it's start- a scout, it's a scout ship. It's got some guns. Right. But also you have to think like, all right. So what, as far as swashbuckling, like what kind of trouble could I get into? Well, we have our Orion pirates and we have our, our local militant thugs from whatever random. Plus we have have, um, guys that are like, well, the Klingons are are still like a shooting war. Right. right, But we still have guys who like, we've barely dealt with like the Breen and the Tholians. Right. You know, and whatnot. Exactly yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, the Bozeman. And Bozeman, yes. That. Yes, exactly the Bozeman. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. see, if you do a if you do a next generation game, it's like, well, who who are we gonna have conflict with? The Borg. You know, <laughs> like it's 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 old. Dude, you have to watch Deep go. Space Nine. <laughs> I yes. I know, I know. Oh but, my but god. You're you're uh, yeah. <laughs> But but okay. But point being, anyway, right? Sorry, we yeah. could do majority of sciency things, right? Like we're gonna fly out there, mm-hmm. we're gonna discover shit, we're gonna beam people over there and explore stuff because t- treat it like Mass Effect, right? Like, yeah, man, we dropped a we dropped a, a buggy down there, and we're gonna drive around on the planet and just see these ancient ruins and and whatever, you know, whatever, right? Randomly just generate surfaces and stuff and there's life forms wow you could just like like no man's sky man just run around with your tricorder and be scanning like critters right um and of course sometimes critters try to kill you so you better keep your phaser handy and a couple of red shirts to throw it in the bear but you know it's that sort of thing like oh my god you could make a star trek game that was amazing and star trek and not just like this is combat and a star trek thing now, I have to add at this point that Pulsar is doing some of that, where, yeah, you can take on specific missions, but there are planets you can go to that are just dotted around the map that don't have anything specifically attached to them to say, go here, do this stuff here. You go there, and you you teleport down, and you might find a mission there, or you might find an abandoned base that you might be able to, uh, to loot some equipment off of the exploration is there it's not as in-depth as say what we're talking about but it's it's the 
the basis of it is there. And if you were to toss a, a track skin on top of that, it would be even better. Oh yeah, it would. It would be. But you know, the scale of the ship is a lot different though, because in in uh, I almost said quintet, that crappy game. Jeez. Huh. Um. <laughs> yeah. How about can you build something like this into quintet? I mean, you've already got the game, bro. Like, it, it would be possible, but I, I don't know how. I think that would probably be with our next game uh, yeah, in, Quint- in terms of, you Quintet know, is you can, you can, thing. yeah. And that's, and that's the, the gist of, of its gameplay and that's okay. That's what we were going for. So fine. But if you want to do the exploration aspect of it, then you could certainly throw in the option of, you go to a planet, you communicate with whoever is in charge and maybe have some diplomacy options, or maybe you have to use diplomacy to solve a problem that the planetary government has. You know, it may not be as easy as, oh, just pick up this shit and move it over to another planet, but it might be something like we have we have a virus that is uh, decimating our people and we need medical supplies. We don't know where to get them. Can you help us? And then you might have to travel around and possibly, you know, check three or four different plants before you find what they need. So speaking of medicine and plagues and stuff. So in Star Trek, they had that, that plague and they had to go and get the medicine and the medicine was called Ritalin. Does that mean like it was a planet of ADD people and they had to get Ritalin to what? like <laughs> chill them out? I, I yeah, it was it was what it was one of the like Bones episodes, right? Where it's like they had to get Ritalin for the for the whatever space Scandinavian fever or what, whatever the hell they had. Um, but the the drug was called Ritalin, and I just wonder is like was Ritalin named after? the Star Trek drug or what? Hmm. I don't know, but it, but it's just, it's just funny to think like, Oh, there was an outbreak of ADD and we had to like get Ritalin and like chill everybody out. I don't know. I don't either. But, um, I, I, I guess that, um, we're not going to really see anything better because the next Star Trek game that comes out is that VR, Excuse me, bridge simulator um, thing that again looks like all combat. Again, it is all combat. Uh, you have you know, some exploration uh, stuff that you can do, but it's pretty basically all combat focused from what I've seen. If you're gonna do if you're gonna do Star Trek combat, there is a game. It's called Starfleet Battles, and it did it right. And it's the gold yeah. standard for space battle games, right? Like, like without Starfleet battles, you wouldn't have BattleTech. You wouldn't have any of those tabletop things that you know. Micro armor might exist, but uh, you know, without 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 uh, Starfleet battles, everything would be like Warhammer. And yeah, it, it's just the whole the whole concept of like we have X number of points in a shield facing, right? Like, uh, well, we have a hex grid, so there's six shields and the whole strategy is like, do I expose my shields to get the shot or not? Right. And, and it's, it's damage mitigation kind of stuff. 
in there and, and energy distribution, you know, like your power allocation is really the game. And uh, that came across so very well in the Starfleet command series. Yep. And, oh, you know, and, and it's just like, can we just get another one of those? I mean, if you want to do a Star Trek game, just, just do that. That's, yeah. you know, if you, if you want to be combat heavy, yeah, it's that. And if you want to have, if you want to have like away team missions where a bunch of red shirts go down and get killed, go, go get killed, then XCOM. XCOM well, is they the, did try yeah. that. They did try like did. Star Trek they Commandos. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was, Star, Trek was away t- Star Trek Away Team was actually not that bad a game. It wasn't great, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. You're right. I mean, compared to like yeah. Star Trek Borg. <laughs> yeah, or, but, but the problem well, is uh, it's the, always the same. Like we're going to beam down with the red shirts and kill some shit. Well, it's, no. It's there, just like had, there's no Star Trek there. That's my problem with Star Trek Online. We're going to beam down. And we're gonna there, there'll be a puzzle that's like a Rubik's cube, and then you figure that out, and then we shoot some shit, <laughs> you know. And it's like, but we had a puzzle, so it's Star Trek because you had to figure out like you know which pillars to click on in a certain order or something. Star Trek. Yeah, it's that. That is one of the failings of Star Trek Online. Mm-hmm. As, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you can occasionally have fun with it, and and if you turn your brain off, okay, fine. But at the same time, it's not. There's there's more exploration in Lord of the Rings Online than there is in Star yeah. Trek Online. It's like, what? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's because in Star Trek, everything is already known. It's all on but the map. But it isn't, though. Right where it is. It isn't, though, because, like, in Next in Gen... In Star Trek Online, it is. Oh, really? But, yeah. Really? Because... Oh, like, yeah, totally. Next- there, there is yeah. no reveal the map. It's like, oh. go here. Here's a, here's a, a big arrow the on the map. is a big go place. There. I figured they'd still be trying to find shit. Not in that era. Not in that. This is like next gen. So yeah, but next gen, they're still discovering stuff. Isn't it after next gen? It's a lot later than next gen. Isn't it like seventy years? It's like seventy years after next gen. Doesn't it have like the Enterprise J in it or some crap like that? So yeah, other question. Whatever Romulan. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's blown up. Yeah. (laughs) How how did they how did they retcon that shit? What, the the destruction of Romulus? I didn't hear the whole thing. Yeah, because then the movie came out, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we got to delete Romulus from the map because Uh, way they The way they worked it is uh, that, uh, yeah, Romulus is gone. There is a new Romulus, and uh, and if you're playing on the Romulan faction, uh, you're you're trying to basically rebuild – and the Romulan stuff uh, is probably the best content in the game, really, because it's, it's, it's good, good stuff. Yeah. So I enjoyed the Romulan stuff a lot more than the Klingon stuff. The Klingon stuff was kind of bullshit. It was just like, yeah, we're going to put some Klingon stuff in here. But they hadn't really figured their game out yet, so it was too too soon for that. Um, yeah, Romulan's pretty polished comparatively, I would say. Yeah, like the Klingons were just going to run around and give each other headbutts and and you know, call each other traitors and stuff. Well, that's what Klingons do. Right. So, okay. I guess it's fair enough, but yeah, the, the Romulans, I, I think it would be, it would be interesting. Like from humanity's point of view, right. It, it was always like, these people were antagonists. They're sneaky bastards. They're up to no good. And then when, well, like you guys were talking about with, you know, as times have changed, right. 
It's mm-hmm. no longer like this, this super patriotism, right? It's like, we're humans from super earth and we bring you democracy shoot to kill. Uh, you know, but then we find <laughs> out like, Oh wait, we've got like a secret police, you know, like space CIA and they go around and they do section shady shit. 31. Yeah. It's like, oh, they go around and they yeah. do some shady shit. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you got to break a few eggs, you know, if you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to make like a space cake, um, so they they do like for for in the best interests of everybody we have to really screw some people over kind of thing right and uh, and they're manipulators and whatever so maybe not so different than the shady ass Romulans right so it's like with their obsidian com- with the obsidian order and and not just the obsidian order but you got the obsidian order you've got the you know the Romulans with uh Tal-Shiar. with their secret police yeah the Talshiar yeah. and then you've and and so. The humans Tal-Shiar. aren't as the Talshiar. Uh, the Romulans have that. that but wait, when Talshiar came back as a Romulan, uh, was she Talshiar? Uh, uh, no, she did have that one Talshiar lieutenant, if I recall. Okay, that's that's pretty close. Close, pretty close enough. Uh, Damn close enough. Anyway, uh, I just yeah. can't get over that her funeral but, where she's standing in this front does, of Windows 95 wallpaper. But memory leak death brings up that he brought up a little while ago that Section 31, a uh, Section 31 game would have been neat, and I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there's plenty of opportunities for espionage within oh, the God. Star Trek universe. It also, oh, no, no. and tell it's it, not just it on the, the human side. Tell it from the Romulan side. You yeah. are right. Let, let's do total immersion in the Romulans. You you're an Obsidian Order guy, and you're totally like super patriot. And the Romulans are right, and the humans are a little bit shady, and whatever, right? Like that conflict we had with the humans it's totally their fault, right? All all these things. So from their point of view, right? And then you deal with internal Romulan shitty politics, and and not a human or Klingon in sight. It could just be like, here's everything you ever wanted to know about being Romulan. That would be great. So I don't know. Yeah, so th- because this brings up an interesting point, uh, yeah. which is one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever is in the Pale Moonlight. Shit, yes. Shit, and yes. Preach for it, those brother, who preach don't it. know what I'm talking about, without without speaking of spoilers, Cisco ends up doing something that no other captain of the series would end up doing. Mm-mm. None of them would have gone to the extended which he has gone to Mm-mm. to cross the line. Mm-mm. And it's not just a moral line. It's not just an ethical line. It's that if he had to do it all over again, he would. Uh-huh. But he he would do it for, in his mind, the greater good. Mm-hmm. The greater good. And And in order to do it, he had to end up betraying pretty much everything the uniform represented. Mm-hmm. And God damn. And, and, and depending on your perspective, he wasn't wrong. Oh, he wasn't. I don't think he was. I don't, I don't think, think he was wrong. either. But, but if you look at it from a purely objective perspective, he, he did something terrible in order to, in his mind, save the Federation. And I think he did. But at the same time, what he did was pretty shitty. But it was great. And it made for a fantastic storytelling. Yes, it was. And it's it's a yeah. shame we don't get that kind of storytelling more. I mean, there's so much potential lore to the Star Trek universe that we barely see. Like 
some DS9 episodes deal with the Orion Pirates, which are, you know, kind of Orion O'Brien Must Suffer episodes. But they're still yes, pretty good. Yeah, but yeah. O'Brien so, must what, suffer. What was that episode? Speaking of O'Brien, huh? what was that episode with O'Brien where it was like he was eating and, and they were like, you're, you're eating like your, your beans first and then your potatoes and you're not letting the food touch each other. And that's like some obsessive Romulan shit. So you're uh, an agent. Okay. That, that episode was because he went through a, a program of torture in which oh. he was subjected to oh. a life a life sentence of torture, oh. a life sentence of imprisonment, but he only lived it within a very short period of time, like an hour or less. It was all in his head. Uh, it was all, all in his head. head. And wow. and and at the time he got out of Ugh. it, he was still going through the motions uh-huh. of of the, the PTSD of it all. And and that is one of the darkest episodes, I think, of the entire series. And it's so good. Oh, so along with in the pale. Moonlight. So was it like they? Oh my god! They like put him in the matrix for a thousand years, but it was only it only really took like something like that a day. Something like it, not it, even a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not I mean, even it was it was basically a day, and and he was subjected to something like sixty years of torture. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, and and then he went through some other stuff along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, I, so I won't spoil. Don't spoil. But but but, but going go, going back just for a moment to <sighs> in the pale moonlight, I was going to say Trek is sometimes at its best when it is blurring the lines of oh yeah what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, the legalities, the the ethical questions. Because sometimes it's it's not black and white. It's exactly. gray and. Yeah. And the writing, because of the the long arcs they were able to do with DS9, that is what sells it. Agreed. And I wish that that they could pull a lot of that into uh, into what you could uh, say is um, an episodic series of games. Do it, do it that way, where you have this overarching story along with what your character, your ship, is trying to do. Yeah, exactly. And and that episode and, and so many O'Brien episodes and and whatnot just highlight how much storytelling potential there is in Star Trek that the games just fall flat on their face with. Right, cuz like, the games are only good at like two things. Shooting so, and um um well it's like we can we can whiz shoot. a story past you, so you have to make uh, moral choices and and then shoot things. Yeah. Basically, but not what about, even. What about a what about a Star Trek survival craft not, open world game? Oh, you mean like really like there was an episode? Of, oh no, there was an episode of DS Nine again where Quark and Odo were stuck on a planet and they had to survive uh, until they were rescued. Was it like Enemy Mine? Kinda. It was actually a little bit like Enemy Mine, a little bit to an extent, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a little comparison. It was a little lighter it, than Enemy Mine because Quark, Quark and Odo on Tanagra. <laughs> with the batleth but yeah that'd be i you know what that could kind of be a fun game like a procedurally generated Dude. i'm stuck on a star trek planet with my shuttle crash let me put a transmitter together from the parts that are left and wait for a rescue and if you survive long enough for a rescue hey you win do it again on a completely different type of planet. that'd be a great game so what, what about that. this what about I hate, okay clue clue is an excellent board game right 
And then you could do like a Star Trek reskin a clue. So you could be like, it was Odo in the conservatory with the Batleth. Well, you could do that on set on DS9. Yeah, exactly. You set it on a space station. Where where you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to uh, figure out. You're solving a murder. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that working. I could could see see that that working. working. Yeah, I mean, my favorite my favorite Star Trek movie, The Undiscovered Country, is basically a giant murder mystery, basically, you know, and pretty and much. Yeah, then there are some great yep. next, and there are some great episodes that are also like whodunits, which are all great. You know, you know that that's what that's one thing we were talking about, like the gray area of Star mm-hmm. Trek, right? Yeah, and and that really went into that gray area because right? didn't what what year did that come out? That was ninety one. That was ninety one. Uh, Star, oh. Star Trek six. Yeah, that was ninety one. So oh, next, yeah, see, next it was gen- right. It was right on top of the fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah, ex- so, that's what that movie was kind of about. Right. There was a lot of that and, in that and, movie. Yeah, and one of the things in there was about how like the old Warhawks didn't yes. want to let go. Exactly. Right? Oh, yeah. So it's like we're willing to sabotage the peace. In order to keep the status yeah. quo, because you don't by, know how well, to exist without the conflict. By the way, it's folks, if you haven't seen, change. by the way, if you haven't seen Star Trek Six, folks, we don't care about spoilers. It's twenty six years old. Go see yeah, Star Trek you, you Six. You don't have much have, of an excuse at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, D Space Nine isn't much younger, but there's a lot more D Space Nine. So we kind of get if you haven't seen D Space Nine. There's seven seasons of that, sure, but it's one movie we're talking about here. Go if you haven't seen Star Trek Six, go freaking watch Star Trek Six. Oh my god, it's so good! It uh, and it actually has character development for Kirk. Yeah, of all people. Yeah, and Spock a little bit, really, which is interesting because yep. he's still kind of recovering from his Genesis. Um, he's still not. Uh, it's still he still has kind of some Genesis weirdness in that one. I think a little bit, um, just a little bit, a little bit. Um, so yeah, if you guys haven't seen Star Trek Six, come on, go fucking see it. We gotta start wrapping up. It, it is excellent. We've been going for almost two hours, but I think we covered just about all of. But let me let me uh, finish with one last question for you guys. If you could have your perfect Star Trek game, we, we've kind of hinted at a lot of it. We've kind of hinted at it uh, with a lot of things we've talked about. But Jim, if you could have a perfect Star Trek game, what would it be? Like, give me the bullet points. Wow. Okay. So um, it would be exploration and diplomacy and a little bit of combat. But, like, avoiding the combat would probably be better, right? Because uh, I would would put a – there would be a penalty to the combat, right? Like uh, Like it's a last resort. Well, and you risk, like, people could get killed, right? Like, you know, you lose crew and stuff, and maybe maybe those people were important. Um, that kind of deal, right? Or, you know, you, you have to make a decision, right? Like, okay, it, it, if it's an actual captain simulator, you're not down on the planet with the away team, right? You, you might get, like, transmissions from them and, and explaining stuff, and you talk to your bridge people and that, right? But... It's very rare that the captain's like, grab your phaser, meet me in the transporter room. <laughs> We're going, you know, because that's just not done. And and I always thought it was retarded when they did that in the show because it was just like, you're taking the guy that runs this whole ship and you're just going to like 
put him in the riskiest, craziest place. Like if they're going to take a hostage, who the hell is it going to be? Let's, yeah. let's hand them the most valuable person. You know, it's stupid. Um, but anyway, uh, make me have to make life and death choices for like other it. people. Right. I like it. And because, because this is the thing about military leadership is sometimes you, you have to be compassionate enough to not like put people in harm's way, but you actually have to be a leader enough to know when it's acceptable to put people in harm's way. And you know, Mm -hmm. it's like the, the Kobayashi Maru thing, right. Of, of like the suicide mission. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to send you up that hill to do whatever. And I know you're not coming back and you know, you're not coming back, but you're going to do it because because you believe in me as a leader and it has to get done. Right. Right. And if somebody doesn't do it, then we're all going to die. So you're the guy. But the thing is that plan better be a good one (laughs) because if you do that and, and then somebody's like, well, Hey, we found a button over here. (laughs) You know, why, why did you send Johnson up the hill to die? It's like, there was a button here all along and you just didn't look. So, you know, it's, it's the thing of, of like good decisions, but sometimes difficult decisions. Um, I, I, I think that would be probably the way that I would go with it. Mm. And, and it would be a thing of like, do we pull the guns out and risk Mm. an interplanetary incident? Do, do we like, like uh, so many times it happened. Um, there, there was a star Trek thing where there was like refugees, right. And they're fleeing and the Vulcans or the, not the Vulcans, the Romulans decloak. Right. And they're, and they're going to like shoot this ship. And the Federation is like, no, they're on our side of the neutral zone and we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to give them asylum because that's what we do. We're nice people. And they're like, no, no, this is internal Romulan matter. These are, you know, traitor defectors and we have to bring them in. Now you have a choice, right? Are you going to pull out the guns or are you going to talk it out? Or are you just going to like turn, you know, turn your eye the other way and just be like, well, it is sort of their thing. They're people. So I guess what for you, Star Trek gaming has been lacking is really interesting choices. Yes, absolutely. Because the choice is always like, shoot them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, good point. You know, or the, the choices is, is not, uh, it's not when do I employ my weapons? Just how, right? <laughs> you know, and which it's, it's tactical, yes. not strategic. So I fire my yeah. phasers or proton torpedoes. Those are my choices. <laughs> to me, the, the, the fricking dream game is like Federation and empire, the board game brought into a computer game and you play it, you know, grand scale. Like like what I was talking about with the uh, Twilight Struggle, right? Mm. It's it's a it's a superpower Cold War showdown between the Federation but tr- but, and the but, Klingons. But Trek or even the tried Romulans. to Trek even tried to do that with Birth of the Federation, and it wasn't that great. Oh, but that was a shooty game because that all it, comes it did, down to combat. It, it did it's, eventually boil down to a shooty Ryan. game. Yeah, right. Well, the only could, way to win is to to win. Well, you, well that's that's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. eventually the the major empires would have to duke it out, and you could still get them to surrender. But effectively, yeah, it would boil down to combat eventually. Yeah, eventually. yeah. well, it's it's like playing Stellaris, right? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it'll Brian, boil down to combat eventually. Uh, yeah, Brian, you yeah. play Stellaris with me, man. It's a different experience really? if you play it that way. Yeah, because really? because my my plan is not. 
I don't win the game by like, I have to conquer all the other races. I just want to coexist. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. people get a little like bit that. uppity I like and I have to smack them down, but it's all about holding the status quo. Right. Mm. So, so it's like, hmm. well, I'm not going to let you take that planet. Why not? Because that tips the balance and now you're too powerful and then you're going to ha- get bad ideas. So I'm willing to go to war with you to prevent you from being dumb, you know, things like that. Um, which, which honestly is, is kind of the diplomacy of the world that we live in. Right. It's is mm-hmm. just like, you know, Hey, you guys are fine to exist over there, but if you invade the country next to you, we're going to come over there and kick your ass. Mm. That, that kind of deal. Right. Okay. And it's like, well, why do we feel obligation to do that? You know, because you, is, is, it, is it, is it national defense? Like they're not threatening us. Right. Is, is it business? Well, they weren't really great customers. So, so why? Well, it sends a signal that borders mean something and you just don't go take your neighbor because you feel like it. Right. Because then that applies, you know, if we let, if we let it happen one place, then, well, it's fair game, right? It's like, well, why, why are you intervening here? Because you didn't there. Right. So it's, I, I don't know, I guess because of that ideal, we have set ourselves up to be the global police. And unfortunately we're, we're good enough at it that nobody else wants to really help. <laughs> nobody wants to own it. Right. That's uh, so, so it's just like, let us be the bad guys, whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I think that that's a dilemma I would like to see because what star Trek does best has always done the best and star Wars just can't, it's not in the room with it. Right. Mm-hmm. But star Trek, you, you take social societal issues, right. right? This is the mission of science fiction. You, you take something that has a lot of baggage and a lot of preconceptions and stuff. And, and with the scalpel of science fiction, you cut that bullshit away. Right. And you leave the core issue and then you color it green so that it doesn't look like it's earthly thing that it is actually obviously a parallel of, and then you throw that up into space somewhere where none of the baggage can touch it. And now you can look at it as a pure thing and you can say in this situation without any history and without any obligations to, you know, the, the way things have always been, how do we really feel about that? Right. It's like the, you know, the, the Cardassians and the Bajorans, right. It's like, do, do we, you know, it's like Car- the Cardassians own the Bajorans. They've got them enslaved. Is it our obligation? Like, oh, well, we don't allow anybody to be enslaved and we're, we're willing to risk an interstellar war for you to let that one planet go. At what point is that worth it? Right. So it, it's that sort of thing. Like it's our ideals and stuff, but then it clashes with, well, that's their culture. Right. Do we, do we have the right to roll into some other species and be like your culture, your values are all fucked up. Like, you know, you can't enslave people. And it's like, no, that's what, that's how it is. That's what we do. <laughs> you know? DS9 gets really deep into that already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the great things about it is it does show you the perspective of the Kardashians trying to say, Oh, well, we weren't so evil after all, because we were just doing what, was our moral imperative and 
you know, we were superior to them. So therefore it was our right to act as we did. Yeah. Because they uh, have manifest destiny or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not one statue of me on Bejor. Not one. Sorry. <laughs> Just channel, channeling a little Ducat yeah. there. Real. Yeah. Especially the weird way he says Bejor. Like I never, I but, never fully got that. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, um, interstellar politics, Mixed with, uh, you know, a, a little bit of action because you got to have that or people just go to sleep. But it, but it's the thing of like all all that fun shooty stuff should have some serious penalties, right? Like when you play Master of Orion, if you open a can of a whoop ass on your neighbor and then some of their neighbors turns out they got treaties. And now you're trying to think like, how can I get out of this? Right. Like this seemed like a good idea. And then the war started and like not looking good for me or, or maybe it's not resolving quick enough, right? Like we've been in this thing for a long time and it's not getting over as fast as I thought it would be. And it's really grinding everybody's economy down and I'm going to have civic problems and unrest in my own planets because I can't stop fighting this war. I don't have that option, but now it has jacked my economy up so bad, right? Stuff like that. So it's just like, well, when's that risk worth it? And how are you going to give me assurances that we're actually going to be able to get out once we're in? Well, that was actually a point in Star Trek VI. The Klingons had so much spent on their their war machine that they couldn't do anything after Praxis exploded. Their economy was – basically all of their economy was in military and nowhere else. So they didn't have an alternative at that point. Yeah, but at that point, the Federation comes in and gives Halliburton the contract without a bid even. And then – oh, wait. No, that's a different one. <laughs> um, but you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I see right? There's Sometimes there's shady shit about why did we go to war. It, it's like we're going to tell you the patriotic thing. Yeah, we really did it for you know closing some deals stuff. And, and then it's like, well, the common people suffer for what? You know, it's, it's, and, and maybe it seemed like a good idea to the people that cooked that plan up, but they're not the ones that had to fight the war and they're not the ones that have to clean up afterwards. Right. But they, but they made their buck and they got out. So yeah, I mean that, that all this shit, like do the Star Trek thing. Right. And And this is why I was so just hugely disappointed in the last Star Trek movie, or not the last one, the the middle one, right? The Into Darkness, uh, because well, yeah, because it. Uh, well, the thing that they missed, right, is okay. The we discovered it, it was like the uh, the Kelvin getting destroyed was like their nine eleven, right? It was just like scary, inconceivable thing happened, right? And we realized that we're powerless to deal with this, right? And we realized that there's scary-ass shit out there. It could show up at any time. And what the hell was all over that ship? What do you mean the Borg? What's that, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they figured, you know, like they had tapes. They studied this, and they are like, what the hell is that alien shit that just showed up? And, uh, and if Spock had told them about the Borg, just to just let it slip just a little bit like spoilers. Oops. Shouldn't have said nothing, but the board. And, uh, once humanity is aware of that, 
that in 200 years or however far in the future, this shit's coming here to invade earth. They're going to show up like the whole, like wolf, uh, 359 or whatever it was. And that's, you know, where Starfleet just basically got freaking decimated fighting a cube. And it's like, well, that's one cube. They got a thousand and they're coming. So what's humanity going to do there? It's like, Oh man, we got a 200 year jump start on this shit. We need to retool the entire economy. We need to toss this whole peace and exploration and, you know, let's make friends federation bullshit out the window and just spin up the war machine because we got 200 years to figure out how to beat those cubes. Right. Hmm. And at that point, what happened? Well, we lost everything that the Federation stood for, right? Like everything that everybody was patriotic about, about why we were the good guys went out the window. Why? In the name of self-defense. And that's a pretty bold statement in a post nine 11 world. Right. So why the fuck did they not take the opportunity in that movie? Cause you know, they were doing it right. I mean, it uh, was there. there is a reason actually. And it's because it was written by a nine 11 truther. That's why. Oh, uh, really? that, that's well, literally even, why dude, even better. Like why didn't it go full then? Why didn't <laughs> it go the rest of the way? Because it, well, it's almost, yeah. it's like they gave us just the tip, you know? And, and it's like, okay, they hinted at it. Like it was there strong enough that I see the potential. Like this is what you were going to do. Right. But you didn't do it. Like, did you chicken out or, or did you just try to leave it subliminal and, and like not be overt with it? Because I think really it should have, they should have smacked us in the face with it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. nine eleven truther. Yeah, but but honestly, it, it, size a hack. But the, the whole but the whole thing is like we're we're in a post trauma situation. What do we do as a society? Do we transform our society into something dark because we're afraid? Which is, I think, the whole point of of that. And then that that whole deal because we're uh, like reaching out further, faster you know, than what would have happened in the timeline. Then we find Khan ahead of schedule. Right. But then it's like, wow, we just found this guy. It's like, it's space Hitler. He's super genius and he knows how to kill shit. Let's put him in charge. Well, we'll keep him on the leash. Right. But we're going to use him right to be our super weapon our our, our Einstein, right. This guy's going to invent, you know, he's, he's our Oppenheimer. Right. He's going to come up with the bomb. But you, you know, what's funny, though. Did you see uh, somebody pointed this out? And then if you f- if you freeze frame it at the end of the movie, because it was all bullshit. He wasn't con spoilers. He was what? not con. He was the first guy they woke up and he said he was con because he was protecting con. The real con is frozen in one of those tubes that they had at the hangar at the end. Oh, come on. They pan over. No, I'm not shitting you. They pan over them and, and the camera looks down, right. And you see Ricardo Monteblan in the fucking casket. Come on. And it's like, Oh, (laughs) so he's still there. Yes, absolutely. Uh, And that's why he lost is because he wasn't really con. He was uh, fake. con. 
hate that. Dude, movie. I'm not making it up. No, dude. I hate it's, that movie even there. more now. I hate that movie even more now. I already hated it. Well, there I, are plenty of reasons to hate that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that just adds one more to the pot. Spaz, what about you? What is your uh, What would you say your dream Star Trek game would be? You know, it would take a page from the Bozeman. You mm. have a ship mm-hmm. that is that is uh, out exploring, and you are suddenly cut off physically from from the Federation. I mean, not not in the range of Voyagers seventy years crap, but more along the lines of mm. you're a good ten years away. You could get there, but you're now in an area of space where you can't get more crew. You have area to explore this is this is unexplored territory there are alien races that you don't know how hostile they're going to be you don't know whether or not they'll be allied to you or or even friendly enough to you to be understood and you can't replenish your crew so you have to make some hard choices you have to decide whether or not you're going to uphold the federation's values in every instance or whether or not you're going to make some uh behind the scenes trades you know some some black market trades in order to keep the ship up and running you may have you may have opportunities to uh, aid one side or another in in negotiations and they may be hostile negotiations where there will be a war if you screw things up there will be consequences and then if you have it episodic in which you you finish everything within a specific chapter, and then the next chapter, those those ramifications are still felt. Then it's not necessarily about the combat because, well, the more you know about the world around you, the 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 more you explore, the more you send your away teams, the more you you understand the dynamics of the societies around you, the factions around you the better off you're going to be in terms of surviving all of it to the end with as many crew of, of your own intact as possible. You know, maybe you start out with a small crew of 300 and that's all you will have. So if you lose red shirts, you can't replace them. I if like you it. lose shuttles, you can't replace them, that sort of thing. So you what have to Voyager, be very advantage. What Voyager should have been basically. It sounds like I, I have to say, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it's a little bit lost in space ish. But that works. I mean, you're not too far works. away where it's not an unrealistic amount of time to get back. It it and it makes it makes survival it makes survival possible and and probable. But you have to make the but right in decisions. A sense, you're, you're kind of a pathfinder in terms right. of you know you, the uh, Mass Effect Andromeda uh, analogy there for a second. You're kind mm. of like a pathfinder. You're already out there. You're the only ship out there. What do you do? Uh, I like it. I like it. For me, I think it would basically kind of just be like Starflight, but in the Star Trek universe. Like you explore, you land on planets, you send out teams to find relics and uh, save the universe, ultimately. But I I would just love it with um, Star Trek lore instead of Starflight lore, which nothing against Starflight – but, you know, I think kind of Starflight might be one of the best Star Trek games ever made. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> so uh, just let's wrap this up. Um, wow, that was a long show. I think this might be one of our longest shows. 
Uh, next week, my friends, is show 200. Um, believe it or not, I can't believe we've done 200 of these. Wait, Jim, that's not Ric- is that Ricardo Montalban? That looks like what's no, his it's name? Not. I was about to yeah, say that is. looks that's, that's what's his name. But the thing is, they didn't refreeze him. He was dead, right? What? I'm so confused. What What happened I, to Khan at the end of the movie? I don't remember. I I, I only watched it you once. You blocked it I, out of your I, memory. I, yeah, I only watched I, it once. I, and yeah, I believe I believe he was quite dead at the end of it, right? I was. But just, then they go into the hangar and they pan over these, and he's he's still in the tube. I was just so unhappy they clones. I was just unhappy they killed RoboCop. I love RoboCop. Anyway, it would have uh, been awesome if he'd actually been RoboCop. Dead or alive, you're coming with like, me. I don't know if you should have said that. This is Admiral Murphy. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> Shoots through a uniform to kill someone behind someone else. Um, but yeah. So I feel like you is my prime directive. Actually, it's, it's actually. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Um, so yeah, next week is um, episode 200. And we we have fun here on the show, at least we try to. But next week, I want to get a little serious. And I want to sit down with Jim and either with Spaz or Hunter, maybe both. We'll see what happens. I don't know where Hunter's going to be. Um, I want to take a really serious look at where the genre is today. Because, yes, it's in its back. You know, it's doing mostly great. But it's got some problems. Like, do we really need so many 4X games? I say we do not. <laughs> I say we have too fucking many. Um, so I would like to take a really serious look at where the genre is today and where it could be going in the next few years. And are we are we due for another recession of space games, for example? I, I think there is going to be kind of a critical mass of certain things. Like, do we need, like, how many top-down, 2D top-down space games can the market handle? We have a lot. A lot of them are great, but, you know, let's do something else. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, Thursday for Multiplayer Madness, uh, we had to move a few things around because Hunter's out of town. We were originally going to be playing Worms, Armageddon. But since that was Hunter's request, we are now going to be playing Space Hulk Deathwing by request of our friend Dan who says the game has improved quite a bit since the last time we played it. Which I hope he's right, because that was kind of a mess <laughs> the last time we played it. Yeah, it, it was. Didn't but it take, hopefully it's better. Didn't it take like 10 minutes just to get into a match last time? Or not 10 minutes, yeah. but like an ex- exorbitantly long time. Uh, so that's what we're going to be playing. Between all of them, yeah, probably about 10 minutes. Yeah. Between it, our yeah sessions. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be playing on Thursday. Uh, so yeah, this is a great show. Thank you, gentlemen. And folks, uh, if you haven't already, please like or subscribe or follow or whatever it is you do, wherever you are, uh, however you're listening or watching, I thank you. And don't forget to check out the Patreon. We are getting closer to a goal where I will get a camera if you want and put my mug on videos. So, you know, uh, we're getting closer to that goal. Just got some more patrons in the last few days. So thank you guys. Um, and that's really it. So, uh, Jim and guest host Eric, thank you so much for uh, making an awesome show. This is a really great show. I was not sure how this would go. I thought we'd peter out after a while, but this might be one of our longest episodes. <laughs> it's funny how yeah, that works out. I can't out. decide if I'm passionate or just angry. 
I think it's a little bit of both. I think the passion makes oh. you angry. I think I think the loving so much makes you angry about it. You know, I right. I, I think it's both. Uh, so, folks, thank you so much for watching and listening, and we will see you or hear you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. Yeah, you're